Hello and welcome back to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. In today's episode, we address the lack of podcasts over the last couple of months and also run through two of the previous Falling Star Wrestling live shows. The first recap is from Watlington, which took place on Sunday 20th of February, and the second is our Westlin Pros vs. Trainee show, which was live just six days afterwards on Saturday 26th of February. In case you are new to the podcast, I'm your host for the show. My name is Patrick Vincent Crown, a.k.a. PVC, and I will be joined by my tag team partner and friend and fellow disaster artist, Jimmy Starr. Thank you for joining us once more for another show chatting about all things Falling Star Wrestling. This podcast is unfiltered, so do be aware of strong themes and a little bit of foul language. If you're listening to this episode before Saturday 19th of March, then make sure you check out Falling Star Wrestling on Facebook and come down to our King of the Ring Wrestling Weekender Extravaganza. Two action-packed shows of Falling Star Wrestling packed into one weekend. On Saturday in West Lynn, the King of the Ring tournament will kick off. The show opens at 6.30 with the action starting at 7.30. Then on Sunday 20th of March, we make a long-awaited return to the Ripper Hall in docking for our afternoon show and the finale of the King of the Ring tournament. Doors open at 3 with the action commencing at 4pm. Tickets are £8 per show or just £12 if you purchase a weekend ticket at West Lynn. For more information, check out facebook.com forward slash falling star wrestling. Okay, with all the housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into today's episode, recapping all of falling star wrestling shows over the past month. All right, Jimmy, it's been a few weeks since we've been back on the Falling Star Wrestling podcast. We've had two shows in between, so we're here today to recap a few of them, go over a few of our matches, how we're feeling about the Falling Star Wrestling product, and heading into this weekend's shows at Westlin and at Docking. So first of all, Jimmy, how you been, mate? I've been good, buddy. I've been good. I've obviously missed doing the podcast with you. Um, I always look forward to having a bit of a chat and uh, going through the uh the sort of uh, falling star wrestling scene and the uh, and the dynamic and how things are changing and what we're doing good and what we could do better. It's always good to to shoot the shit with you about that sort of stuff. And uh, I mean, yeah, I've, I've missed doing the podcast. Mate, but aside from that, I've been okay. I caught a caught a bout of COVID, which uh, which laid me low. I I, I didn't think that uh, COVID was. Uh, I knew it was around still, and I knew that you could. Uh, get a little bit, uh, feel a little bit rough from it. But um, I really got some, an absolute fucking stinker of, a, of, of, of the virus and uh, was quite unwell for uh, for a week or so, but kicks out of that, feeling better now. And um, all I need to get is the uh, taste back in my mouth so I can taste some food and we're, uh, we're, we're back in the game. But uh, you yourself have been moving house, so hence the, uh, hence the delay on the, on the, on the podcast. So, if anyone out there was have been waiting for a few uh, podcasts, we uh, we apologise. But uh, yeah, whilst I've been uh, dying of COVID, all needs to be moving house. So we've both been pretty busy, really. Yeah, indeed. And you know what comes with moving house is is lots of up upheaval and moving bits around. And then you've got to get the internet installed because you know we do this over the internet, and that's quite an important thing. So that's all plugged in and plumbed in. I've got my computer here. I've got, I've got my microphone. We're all ready to go. We're online. We're here. We're ready. Let's talk about wrestling, shall we, Jim? We've been wanting to do this for for quite some time, so let's uh, let's let's do it. Let's go. 
Alrighty, so we were back in Watlington. It's one of the venues that we run kind of semi-regularly um, back in February. It was a Sunday show, it was an afternoon show, it was a packed show, but it was one of those shows where it's a venue which has awesome staging, there's some stairs going down, the venue's nice and tall, there's plenty of uh, room for people to sit, but for us as wrestlers, us as workers, we don't often get to watch some of the other matches just to, due to the sort of the schematics of the the uh the venue. We don't really have a sort of a hall to watch the show from or a door to peek through. We can't really peek through the curtains because we would be kind of on show. So we had a six match card, but I can only really talk about one and a half of the matches and I was in one of them. What about yourself, Jim? Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I tried. I tried to, to have a little bit of a peek, but like you say, with Watlington, you've sort of got the, the main hall where we wrestle um the stage and then behind the stage there's another little sort of hall where we get changed but there's just no like you say there's nowhere to view the matches so it was it was incredibly hard the only thing that we could do was um sort of get people's feedback um uh from from you know from from actually them just you know coming backstage and and telling us how it went um i don't think i believe i've been sent any footage apart from footage of our match which you obviously already know how that went um and um yeah i'd like to say that the, the only bit i can really comment on um was i saw the um the end sort of quarter of the the three on three tag um which i believe uh, what was it, what were the teams on that one um so it was the team of cw davies and the norfolk legion of pain versus Sassy Bear Clarence and forgive me on the name Evan United FC, uh, the guys in the football gear. Okay, yeah. So um, I, you know, I saw the I saw the the hot tag from that match. So that's basically um, where Sassy Bear got got tagged in um, and sort of cleaned house. You know, he took out the NLP, he took out uh, he took out CW, and there were some really nice, well timed spots in that match. Good positioning good execution the crowd were really up for that hot tag as well everyone loves sassy bear um and um it was uh, it was a it, it wasn't the finish that people wanted to see because cw and the nlp went over um they were they, they were the guys who won um but the the actual quality of the match that i saw um from the hot tag um was was really really good now before that i don't know i don't you know the, the the quality could have been you know could have been wrong but I'm sure it wasn't you know they're they're all um very good wrestlers you know um I, I don't I'm not particularly sure on the Evan United guys because I didn't get to see them but but from all accounts they you know the 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 crowd said they had a great um uh, gimmick with the you know football gimmick um or football team or football player gimmick um the the the, the lads at the back really like their gimmick too so from from what I heard, um, it, it was you know they, they 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 did their part really well, and people really liked their they, you know people really liked what they did. They liked their shtick. So you know you, I can't really complain. So I, I saw I saw the end of that match, um, and I saw um, I, and then I saw the following match, which was uh, Johnny Storm and 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 Furio. So uh, that those were the two the the bits of the matches that I saw that, that that I wasn't involved with. I don't know if you saw any more before me or or, or what 
did you if you saw the first or anything like that um was or was that or did you sort of uh could you not get to the, the the curtain to have a look? My kind of viewing of the show was very, very sporadic because, you know, we were sorting out our match. We were getting changed. Like you said, you have to go through a series of corridors just to get to the venue. And there was a door by one of the lights that you could kind of peek through. But it was one of those like gorilla position things where everybody's trying to watch the show all at once. So you don't want to kind of crowd around there, draw the attention away from the matches. But I saw a small portion of the opener, which was Brett Semtex versus RKJ and you know Brett is just awesome every time I see him in the ring he's just improving tenfold and he's got this really cool kind of thing that he's starting to do in his matches and it brings a lot of kind of credibility to his character because he is this you know MMA former boxer real legit hard bastard kind of guy and he always does this thing where he has a sort of a comeback in a series of suplexes where he looks really really cool he'll do a few jabs and then he always does this awesome looking looks really 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 effective he does this like gut punch and he does something that nobody else does in the wrestling business he doesn't like give them the gut punch and then like roll them up for the one two three he gives them the gut punch he retreats to the corner like an like an mma uh, fighter or a boxer would do and he asks the ref to count and rkj just has this ability to take that punch and just collapse to the floor and look like he's just had all of the wind sucked out of his lungs and just lay on the floor and like heaving for and gasping for air and then, you know, managing to get up at eight or nine, which really, really gives this kind of move, you know, a very simple move, a very underrated move, just a punch to the gut. It gives it such kind of levity and credence. And I just love that part of the match. Um, but then I think um, towards the end of the match, Ricky uh, gets out of the F5, rolls up Brett Semtex for the one, two, three. And uh, those, those guys, go on to wrestle another match for uh, WAW that evening. Then uh, the second match I saw about as much as you did, saw a little bit of the hot tag. There was an awesome part towards the end of the match. Uh, Sassy Bear is running absolute riot and he picks... um not quite sure. One of the guys up, it was probably, no, it must have been Basher or Crowley, picks him up, gives him the old Oklahoma stampede, comes out of the corner to give him the body slam, and then CW just hits him with this awesome-looking spear, kind of causing Sassy to clatter to the floor, Basher to kind of almost do this crossbody maneuver on top of him, and then, you know, the the, the gut punch with the spear. That just looked amazing. Uh, CW and NLP pick up the victory. I believe it was CW Davies with a giant tombstone pile driver. Picks up one of the Evan Lee United guys and absolutely just drills him into the mat, pins him one, two, three, and just looks really, really dominant because you've got CW Davies, who is the Falling Star Wrestling Champion. You've got the NLP. They're the Falling Star Wrestling Tag Team Champions. So those guys looked impressive and just went out there and just beat those guys up and it was a really really good kind of ending to the match like you didn't really see the start so I can't really comment on that one but um, yeah the next match was Johnny Storm versus Furo and they went in a different direction which I kind of liked it's always fun seeing Johnny Storm because he can do absolutely any kind of match he can do serious he can do technical he can do high flying he can do chain wrestling but in this match he decided to do something a little bit fun and they were playing on this idea of Johnny Storm brings out a bottle and it's supposed to be holy water so that's the whole thing with the whole match and it was just an enjoyable 
terrible thing. There was lots of going underneath the ring, trying to find out which corner they were going to come from. So Furio goes underneath the ring and Johnny's looking for him. The crowd are going, he's over that side, he's over that side. Obviously, Furio comes out and hits him from behind. Another part, Johnny goes under the ring and Furio's looking for him. And then at one point, they're both underneath the ring and nobody nobody knows what's going on. It was just this kind of chaotic fun that was going on in the match. And I think it suited both of those guys because Furio, again, it's weird because he can do comedy, even though he's this silent, dreadful, vampiric kung fu character. He can do funnies as well if if the right person is doing it with him. And Johnny Storm is the perfect opponent to do that kind of funniness with. And um, yeah, towards the end of the match, Furio grabs the holy water and he's like, no, this isn't holy water. Takes a sip and he's like, oh, I didn't transform into dust this is not holy war turns around boom super kick johnny storm kicks him right in the face big spurt of water out from furio and johnny storm picks up the win one two three which is a really really enjoyable match but again like we talked about the crowd they were quite hard work and i think they enjoyed the match but i didn't really get the 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 feeling from them did you jim well it's one of those things and you know there are some crowds and this was one of those crowds where you needed to be on them all the time and by that i mean you know if you were a heel you needed to be a 100 percent ramped up to the fucking top heel and really be going for it um which is hard work um but it's something that you need to do and if you're a baby face in that match you needed to cheer them up like fuck at the start um really get them going really get them on your side and sell like fuck when it was your turn to take your heat and get that sympathy because they seem to respond to, 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 um, things when, you know, they seem to respond to, 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 to the stuff that, that you were doing, whether it was, or, or the wrestlers that were doing, whether it be, um, you know, whether it be a cool looking move or a, you know, or, 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 or the, the actual sort of, you know, the the stick in between like John, like you said like Johnny and and Furio were doing with a holy war they, they were liking all of that and the you know the silliness of that and the comedy and and whatnot and they liked the heel and babyface stuff and if you were you know if you're a heel and you were involving them in the match somehow or you're a babyface and involving them in the match they were going for it but the one thing you couldn't do is you just couldn't stop. Like if you were, you know, if you, they, they, they didn't seem to respond to the, to the heat side of it so much. So if you were a, a, a heel and you were kicking the shit out of the baby face, it didn't seem to really, it didn't, they didn't seem to really bother them. So, you, you know, if you, you need as a heel, like rather than trying to do a, a, a move on them to get your heat, what would have probably have been better for that sort of crowd would have been something more realistic, like a punch or a headbutt or an eye gouge or, or something like that, or a choke or anything to get the ref involved. And so that you could, the heel could do his shouting bit, the baby face could do their selling bit. And especially in the tag, there could have been some moody stuff and, you know, where, where the, where you distract the ref and get the you know get the heels cheating with the baby faces you know it they they were that sort of crowd you just needed to be on them all the time and you can deal with 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 those sorts of crowds in one or two ways you can either think well they're watching they're popping at the right moments because they were popping at the right moments they were obviously engaged 
Um, but they, they, I don't think they quite understood what they needed to do as, a, as, 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 as a crowd. Really, they just didn't, you know, know what. You know, there was a lot of FSW regulars there, but there were a few strangers, and I just think that they just didn't quite know how to, how to what a wrestling show was or how you were meant to behave. You know, and it's it's a weird hall. It's quite it's a it's a great hall, and I, I love wrestling there and. And it, it looks really good, like you say, with the stairway and we've got the, the big stage and with our ring and lights and stuff, it looks really cool. But it, it, it was, it, you know, it, it's quite a cold hall, like in terms of like, it doesn't seem to have a great deal of atmosphere unless you create it. So I think with that, with that sort of venue, and I've been in many venues like it before, with that sort of venue, you, like I just, like I just said, the wrestlers, need to create the atmosphere and they just cannot stop like you know later on talking about our match not saying that we were Billy Big Bollocks but the type of match it was and the fact that it was a tag match they they there didn't seem to be any quiet points in our match in our match but we'll get to that a little bit later I think that was because that was the, the, the type of match it was and and the fact that the the you know if 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 I'm doing something and then all of a sudden they go quiet, you can do something or you know and and it, there was there was there's no reason for 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 something not to be going on in a in a tag match, you know what I mean? Um, so it's it's easier to get a crowd like that involved. Um, plus, you know, it was also no DQ, so we could hit each other with stuff, and they just didn't expect that sort of, that sort of shit either. Um, so it, it's it, it, it's it's difficult. Like like just sort of going back to what I said and trying to trying to wrap it around so I make some sort of sense. A crowd like that, you just you know you cannot be silent. You cannot be sort of waiting waiting on the side of the on the on the apron scratching your ass if you're in a tag and if you're in a singles, you can't you can't just be sort of like resting on your laurels thinking, oh why aren't they why aren't they fucking with me? Do you know what I mean? You've got to make them come with you. And um, yeah, they needed they needed uh, to be to really be taken on a fucking. They really need to be needed to be led led by the hand through the match. Um, and that the only way you can do that is just keep on them because, like I said, they were responding at the right points. But when but when you were when you were not on them and when you were trying to just uh, tell the story bits and do the heat bits, they just they just weren't there. It was like the the place was empty, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's one of those venues where it has quite a tall ceiling. And for, you know, people like Jack, who like to do some high flying stuff and the Cali Grays and the Tommy Lawrences, it's amazing because we don't often get to do those kinds of moves at a West Lynn show because we have such a low ceiling. But again, you 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 swap out that ability to do high flying stuff. But then West Lynn just has all of the atmosphere because it's sort of low and enclosed. And like you said, it's a it's a warm environment and a single voice can echo throughout that venue and kind of create that atmosphere. Atmosphere. Whereas in Watlington, lovely venue, but you know, you got somebody like a hardcore fan like Bobby in the corner screaming his ass off for every match, every wrestler, but you just can't seem to get that atmosphere going and growing and, and pumping along. So it's difficult. 
But like you said, you as a wrestler, you have to recognise that. And I think luckily we had the advantage of going last. We had the advantage of being in a tag. We had the advantage of using weapons and gimmicks and, and the hardcore thing because we, we, we could just go out there and we could give the crowd what they wanted. I feel like they weren't a crowd that wanted to see heat. They didn't want to see like the bad guy just beating up the, the good guy. They wanted to see the good guy doing flashy, cool moves because there was a match in the second half, which was a three-way match. It was uh, Joey Garcia, Tommy Lawrence and uh, Callie Gray. They got a great, great response from the crowd because it was, you know, it was three of them. They could kind of keep the action rolling. There wasn't too much heat. There was a lot of kind of baby face action. There was a lot of high flying, cool moves, quick moves, flash, flash, bang, bang, bang. And I think that was what the crowd wanted. They didn't want to sort of sit there and be like, oh, the bad guy's being up the good guy. You know, oh, do we have to clap in a minute? They were just like, oh, there's a thing. Oh, there's a thing. It's almost like an ADHD kind of crowd where it's like you have to just keep feeding them stuff, keep feeding them stuff, keep feeding them stuff. And they they had an awesome match in, in, in the second half. And it, when you've got somebody like Jack Landers versus the Dark Wolf, Matt Walls as well, they they had a similar reaction as well. Like, because Jack, when he can turn it on, he can sell his ass off. But when he can turn it on as a baby face, you know, he's, he's doing these crazy moves and he's doing his flips and his turns and his twists and his kicks. And he's, he's just so energetic in the ring. And Matt just brings that total opposite thing. And I don't know how that match went, but, you know, judging by the crowd, it probably wasn't one of their better reactions because maybe they didn't kind of go towards that type of match where it's like, you know, Matt likes to do his sort of methodical heel work where he's he's cool, he does his promos, you know, he'll get the baby face shined up at the beginning, but then Matt likes to do a nice bit of heat. But Matt is always on the crowd but I'm not sure whether people wanted to boo or people wanted to cheer. And it's one of those things. Whereas in our match, we had quite a lot of shine, you know, from, from the babyface perspective. So we always had the crowd kind of behind us, but it's, it's difficult. And that's, that's the beauty about wrestling, because if it was the same thing each and every week and you went in there and you did the same five moves and you got the same reaction and it was the same matches all over again, then it'd become boring. And this was just one of those shows where you have to adapt and overcome and, and just, try your best to, to entertain the crowd of Watlington. And hopefully, you know, if we go back there again this year or next year, there'll be an even bigger crowd and they'll make an even bigger atmosphere. Go, going back to what you were saying, actually, I did see the three-way. Um, I forgot about that. I saw the three-way between um, Tommy Lawrence, Callie Gray and uh, and Joey Garcia. Um, I saw uh, Callie Gray sent me the video of that. And that was, um, that was a good match, actually. Um, I think that... Um, I think that the the from I can't remember my exact feedback from watching it, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but definitely there was some superb athletic um, uh, moves there from uh, from from the the that Callie and Tommy uh, you know performed and some fantastic spots. But you know, in three way matches, which are always extremely hard work. They're always going to be spot fests, or they're always going to be sort of leaving one person out, and then you know the leaving another person out, and it's sort of being you know a, a couple of three sort of singles matches going on, you know, going on, and just a revolving door of singles matches. It wasn't like that. They 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 did um, you know they did tell a nice story, um, but still have you know what what you know that 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 sort of that they had that. That, 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 like you said, what the crowd wanted to see. 
they wanted to see some you know some high impact moves and some cool stuff and 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 Tommy and Callie really sort of delivered on that they 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 you know they've wrestled each other quite a lot of times um you know they know each other very well um so it was it was it was a really good show and and uh, you know uh, Joey did did his bit um he he was the only heel in the match so it was two baby faces one heel you know, you would think that it wouldn't sort of make make sense in 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 the in the, in the fact that you know why wouldn't two baby faces just beat the shit out of here all the time? But you know, they made it make sense. And aside from a few little bits of feedback that I gave them, um, which I, which I, I really can't remember now, but aside from a few little bits of feedback I gave them, um, you know, it was a it was a it was a really cool uh, solid three way which yeah up until that point um, probably had the the best the best crowd reaction because it was like you say just constant um, but it did have a, a nice thread of a story through it which is exceptionally hard to do in a three way Matt and um, uh, 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 Dark Wolf Matt Waters and um, and Jack Landers I didn't get to see um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I think with, with with that match, there's a slight danger of a clash of styles. Um, you know, in terms of you know they're both very similar wrestlers, and sometimes you know they're both amazing wrestlers. Sometimes that can make for a great match. Sometimes that can make for a bit of a you know a bit of a difficult time. You know, but but other, I, I I didn't see it. Um, so you know, I, I have no idea. I, I'm assuming it was. It was it was it was a, it was a great match and um, like you said, if the crowd were up for it, then you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's a good match. You know what I mean? And then we had the main event of the evening. It was the pairing of Jimmy Starr and PVC, aka the Disaster Artists, and we went one on one with Bobby Adams and George Rashwood. So Bobby Adams has kind of recently joined George Rashwood and his Rashwood plan, and we set out a little bit of a story. Uh, Jimmy, this was all your kind of doing um, with with the whole promo at the beginning with Bobby. So I'll let you explain um, your thoughts behind this thing. Yeah, so I thought that um, obviously to, to to get Bobby a little bit more a little bit more heat, um, you know, without him using the mic too much, because in their tag team, um, George Rashwood is the mouthpiece. We've established that he's the heel. We established that he hates me for holding him back. Um, we established that he's the um, a moaning bitch and a greasy top spot, which the crowd love. Um, and um, we've established him as the sort of the 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 you know the the whole sort of divisor and uh, the 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 leader of the Rashford plan. Um, but what I tried to do and the the idea with the match was to try and give Ed Ed uh, or or Bobby Adams a little bit more um, a little bit more heat was to um, was to basically give him an opportunity to to sort of you know just leave leave George Rashford behind you know like what's he what is he gonna what is he gonna cause you he's caught only caused you trouble so far you know I've I've trained you every week and gave you opportunities you're a fantastic you know young wrestler you've got the the you know you've got the the whole world ahead of you if you play the straight game and play it right um, you know, I can give you opportunities. This man can't. He's just going to lead you down the garden path and, and ruin your career. Um, you know, if you go backstage now, PVC will step down 
and there will be a hardcore match. But it will be between me and George Rashwood. And um, you know, the idea behind it was uh, I was going to I put the mic down. But George, I went to shake George's hand. Uh, sorry, I went to shake Bobby's hand. He then um, put his hand out like he was going to shake mine, and then he just ultimately disrespected me and slapped me around the face. Now, just as a little uh, bonus um, feature for uh, the people uh, listening to this who, who like the insider stuff, he slapped me around the face so fucking hard <laughs> that he nearly knocked me out. And I mean, he nearly knocked me out. If you if you watch the footage of that, if there is any footage of that that you can find, um, the footage I saw, you can literally see my knees wobble because he fucking knocked me out. And I lent on the ropes and I was genuinely pissed off, like really pissed off because he just, he you know, when you, you know, when you go to slap someone in wrestling, you don't want it to look shit. But then sometimes you, you the bottom of your hand just ends up hitting them in the fucking jaw. Do you know what I mean? So it's an open hand. It's an open handed palm strike. They use it in MMA to knock people out. Do you know what I mean? And he's twatted me as hard as he could because he don't <laughs> want it to look shit. And I don't want it to look shit either. But I also don't want to be knocked out before the match has even started. Do you know what I mean? Especially knowing what's coming. And fucking like, you know, I, 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 I wobbled to the ropes, held, held my head up, took a deep breath, and then uh, just thought, nope. One day I shall give you a receipt, and uh, yeah, and then uh, and then it'll uh, it'll all be fun. It'll all be fun from there. But I uh, I don't think I gave him a receipt in that match. I think I think it was all alright. But yeah, he nearly knocked me out, the fucker. So um, then you got hold of the stick and you said, right, it seems like Bob, you know, Bobby's made his choice. Let's fucking go and let's make this match hardcore. And we just. Uh, yeah, we just went straight for it for, for what I can remember. There's no pissing about. Straight to the brawling, um, straight to the outside. Um, nice bit of brawling on the outside, you know, just uh, I, I smashed Bobby Adams about, you know, uh, gave the crowd an opportunity to give him a bit of a slap, um, rammed him into the wall, rammed him into a chair, punched him, slapped him, did, did all, I gave him a body slam on the outside, did all the nice things I could. Um, and then, um, I think, um, I don't know if this was before or after we got the weapons out, but we did, um, oh no, no, sorry. This was, this was, uh, this was after, um, I think you did a little bit with, uh, George on the outside, didn't you? Similar thing, smashed him about, just beat him about yeah, a little bit. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty simple stuff. Head off the table, got the crowd to chop him, chucked him in the ring, did a little bit in there with him, little kind of uh, corner action bulldog type action. And then I think that was when you called for the weapons, I believe. That, yeah, that was a cue for the weapons, wasn't it? Yeah, so we threw the weapons in the ring. We had um, we had kendo sticks, we had chairs, we had dustbins, we had uh, trays, we had, we had all loads of different goodies that we could use. And uh, yeah, we were still taking our shine, um, you know, smacking, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, smacking uh, the guys about with various different implements. I think um, we put a bin over Rashwood's head and smacked him, you know, smacked the bin so it made plenty of noise. And, you know, just it was like a sort of, you know, uh, uh, when WCW um, was just doing hardcore stuff and, they just had a load of weapons and, and there was, 
there was even the match as it went on had psychology, but the sort of the first the first sort of quarter of it, like or the first well the first sort of half really, um, was like just us getting our, getting our shine by uh, by yeah by 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 smashing uh, by smashing the guys about really. I think they got a few little licks on us, but mainly ninety percent of it was sort of was us giving them a good pasting with various different weapons really yeah they they took a bit of a beating at the beginning like you said there was there was barely any psychology behind that but i think that was just the kind of the fun element of the match it was to get us over us a little bit you know we're 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 not scared of grabbing some weapons we're not scared of taking it to the outside and taking the fight to them and i think that was a nice thing to to kind of introduce our characters that we can get a bit hardcore but then uh yeah at one point they kind of turned the tables they did a little double team move on me which was kind of like a a roll through double kick which uh, gave me a little shine on my nose I was red nosed for the for the next week but you know it's one of those things it is wrestling and when two two guys are kicking you in the face some things like that can happen so (laughs) so you got clocked around the face and I got clocked in the face but you know we everybody I think came out of that match uh, a little bit bruised a little bit scarred and yeah I don't think we all came out of it 100% I believe George Rashwood off of the Bulldog hurt his shoulder because he couldn't perform the the next weekend at West Lynn I'm not sure about Bobby actually Uh, I don't think he got hurt but you know he's got a receipt coming to him uh, from from Jimmy Starr but then uh, as soon as I got kind of kicked in the face and I was laying down, that's when they kind of turned up their viciousness. And I don't want to take this uh, this away from you, Jim, but, you know, people say that you don't take bumps. People say that you can't, you know, get a little bit hardcore. But what happened to this match? There was a table and there was a Jimmy Star. There was a, a, a loud thud. And I believe you were quite hurt, right? It that was actually quite nasty, yeah. Um, I, I think I can't remember what spot it was after. I think it was after the double kick to the head. I um, I came in the ring. I got a little bit of revenge for you there. I gave him a double clothesline, and then um, they took me out somehow. I can't quite remember how they took me out somehow. And um, yeah, backstabber. I yeah, it might yeah, it might have been a backstabber. It was something something along those lines. Um, and I ended up on the outside. Now, there was a, uh, what do you call it? There was a, uh, we left it there all night. It was a, uh, like a, uh, a wallpaper paste table thing. And we covered it with, we put a bit of bungee cord around it and tried as hard as we could to make it so it didn't sag in the middle because this thing was really, really fragile. Um, and we put some, um, we, we, we put a, a, just a cloth over it so People didn't realize what it was and hopefully didn't realize, you know, that it was going to be used as a, as, as an implement in our match. In fact, we kept, um, we kept the, uh, the, the, not the timekeeper, the, uh, the, 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 the guy rings the bell, the, uh, the, the bell boy. What would, what would you fucking call it? What do you call them? Fucking hell. I don't know. Ring timer. Um, I don't know. <laughs> bell ringer. Bell ringer. Yeah. We kept the bell ringer there. <laughs> Um, so the, you know, it sort of diverted people's attention from the fact that it might be used later in a, in a, in, in my potential death. And, um, yeah, so they did a spot where, um, cause I'm a big fat bastard. Um, we couldn't really do any work out any way to do it sort of safely other than do, um, like a shield type power bomb through the, through, through the table. So um, uh, we went outside, 
Bobby rammed my head into the uh, ring post, I believe. Then he sort of picked me up um, or, well, put me in like an atomic drop sort of position or a side suplex position, lifted me up. I jumped with all my might. Um, Rashwood uh, uh, got my leg round round Rashwood's uh, sort of shoulders and, and, and sort of neck area, put my hands around the back of my head, pulled myself up as high as I could, and then he powerbombed me through the table. Now, watching it back, George Rashwood, everyone did their part perfectly in fact everything went perfectly it's just because the table was so fucking fragile it gave me no protection so it was just like i was being power bombed on the floor um on that hard concrete floor now i held the back of my head and thank fuck i did because i smashed my knuckles up holding the back of my head um on that hard floor if that would have been my head I really don't think I'll be speaking to you now. And if I was, if I was speaking to you, I'll be going because <laughs> my fucking brains would have been scrambled as fuck. Um, it knocked every bit of wind out of me that you could put that, that I had. Like I just could not breathe. And I was lying on that between that table and I was feet as I, as I was unable to breathe. I was sort of feeling up and down my body to see if there were any bones or anything sticking out to see if I've broken a rib or anything. And I was checking and I felt okay. Um, so it was just a really bad winding, but fucking hell, it hurt. Oh, it really, really hurt. That table had no give. It gave me no protection. So I just went straight from Rashford shoulders onto the concrete floor and um you know that's uh that's, that's, that's it wasn't it really wasn't a pleasant bump now i, I some of you guys may notice that this year or the past since covid i've been trying to take a few more bumps try and be a few bit more adventurous because i have to say when i was wrestling singles before i got with you you know i, I, I was getting you know i've been a bit lazy for a while because i know i know that wrestling to me and wrestling really isn't about the moves it's about the psychology of the match obviously you need moves and we're putting you know plenty of moves in our match and trying to do plenty of uh, new different and exciting things um but i was resting on my laurels of the fact that i've been wrestling for quite a while now i know that by doing very little I can get a huge amount out of it and still enjoy the match and still do, you know, still do some, a, a few little cool bits here and there, but in general, just do my act and the crowd like it. And I go backstage and, you know, but then there's no personal enjoyment out of it. So for the past sort of like, especially since COVID and when we formed the disaster rise, I've been trying to do, take more bumps and do more things and, you know, and, 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 and be more, you know, we're a team. So, you know, I'm not going to sit there and go, right, Sean, you do everything, you take everything. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I want to be a valid part of the team. So I felt I needed to take that bump through that table again, again, not just to fucking show everyone that, you know, cause no one really cares whether I take a bump for a table. None of the rest do. None of them give a shit. They see me do, they see me bleed everywhere and fucking get, thumbtacks up my ass and have barbed wire wrapped around my head they don't really care um and for the crowd it's just a part of the story but it's also it's, it's more for my personal gratification of a wrestler that i'm doing my bit for the match i'm not just sitting there going nope sean you go through the table 
or fucking, you know, or Shawnee. No, you get racked around the fucking uh, head with a with a barbed wire bat or whenever we do something, you know, if we have to do matches where there's dangerous things involved, which we don't a lot, but, you know, when we have done, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the guy who just tips it all on you and says, yeah, Shawnee, you take this move, you take the dangerous move, you take everything. I'll just stand on the corner and get the hot tag and, and, and drum the crowd up. Do you know what I mean? Because they ain't fair on you. Um, that's not the, the the tag team partner that I want to be. Um, and also, um, it, it does put a little bit of a pep in, in, in the crowd step when they, when they see me do and take shit like that. Cause it's, 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 it's not really expected. So, you know, it was, um, as much as it hurt, as much as it really, really hurt. And as much as I wish the table was maybe in a slightly different position, um, from, from when I've watched it back and where the camera was most 90% of the crowd saw that move and um, they were, they were quite shocked by it. So it had the desired effect and um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could say it gave me a little bit of time to get some rest while you got the, the, while you got the fucking uh, took, took the heat, but actually it really, really didn't. It, I could, I, I could just about breathe by the time I had to come back in and, uh, and for, for sort of the, uh, what would be a hot tag, although that was a hardcore match, it was, I suppose, the save, really. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was, I, I, I just really couldn't breathe. It took every bit of fucking breath out of my soul. So that, that was, that was what, how that felt. It did look nasty because, yeah, I'd just been kicked in the face, so I was kind of selling on the side of the ring. And then when I knew it was time for you to get put through the table, I kind of like rolled conveniently so I could kind of see what was going happening. And, and yeah, I saw you get hoisted up on Rashwood's shoulders. I saw you plunge down to the mat. I saw you grabbing the back of your neck and the back of your head to make sure you were, you know, not knocked unconscious. And it looked horrible. It looked brutal. And there's even a picture of me that uh, Matt, our photographer, got of me. <laughs> I'm sort of like on the ropes and you can sort of almost see in my mind like Jimmy no! <laughs> I just thought that was a really cool kind of image and I sort of knew Matt was there so I was like I'll pose for that and then yeah like that was when I, I believe that point was when all of the psychology was kind of introduced into the match because that's that's their underhanded tactics coming to the forefront that's them eliminating you from the match and that's like Rashwood saying you know F you Jimmy I am Whatever I say I am, I'm I'm the man, I'm not this this lazy person that you've put me up. I can take opportunities. And this was him showing it to his, you know, his trainer and his mentor. And then at that point, there was nothing that really I could do. I tried my best to kind of fend off two guys, but then, you know, wallop. I get hit in the head with a steel chair. I'm on the floor. Bobby Adams goes to the uh, goes to the corner, grabs himself a chain. A really nice visual. He did really well with that. Like I could hear the crowd kind of thinking, "Oh, what's he got in his hand?" And as he sort of slowly unfurls the chain from his hand, people are like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen here?" They probably thought that maybe he was going to like whip me with a chain, or if he was going to punch me with a chain. But I think he did something that they probably didn't expect because I think Bobby Adams isn't that kind of vicious guy. He's sort of. Uh, a technical minded wrestler. He wants to put pain into a person without sort of like physical violence. He wants to wrap you up. He wants to take joints and manipulate them. So what he did do, he grabbed, you know, my, my left leg, put that in the STF position and grabbed the, uh, the chain, put that around my, 
well, mouth through my mouth and then just yanked back as hard as he could. And in what I thought was a really cool visual and sort of an auditory moment as well, because Rashwood, he's this person, he's outspoken now. He doesn't care what people say. He wants to be heard. He wants to talk. He wants to tell people his plan. He grabs the microphone and just berates me. You know, he's talking about how you know, how I'm riding off the coattails of Jimmy Starr or vice versa and all that kind of stuff, the disaster artists are nothing, I need to give up now, I need to quit. You know, he's putting the microphone in my safe, uh, in, in front of my mouth saying, do you want to quit? And, you know, it's it's getting to that point where it was quite a long time I was in that, you know, I was trying to sell my ass off, I'm wrenching my head back, I'm trying to get the crowd to see this chain in my mouth and I'm hoping that, you know, the visual of, of Rashwood with the microphone just, just talking absolute garbage to me and Bobby yanking back that when you did finally get your breath back, you did finally kind of, uh, you know, knock the knock the little birdie spinning around your head and the stars out of the, out of the clouds there. You could just kind of get up, use that little kendo stick that you had as a, as a walking stick, get in the ring and absolutely just bash the crap out of those guys. I can imagine all the stuff that you've been through during that match, you know, hitting the, hitting the, hitting the floor of the concrete and just sitting there and just being out of breath and just being knocked loopy just to kind of get that release of just adrenaline of just like you guys effed me over powerbombing me through that well we can say it was a table but it was a it was a couple of sort of bits of wood that was sort of <laughs> it looked like a table it was meant to be a table for all yeah. intensive purposes it was a table <laughs> yeah but yeah um yeah, I, I can imagine. And what did did that kind of give you a bit of a, a second wind with with that kendo stick when you just got to absolutely batter them? In in, in well, in story mode, it did. Yeah, but in real yeah. life, <laughs> in real life, I I honestly, in real life, again, you know, behind the scenes stuff, I couldn't see you. All I could see was Rashwood kneeling down and obviously just tearing you a new asshole. I knew that basically my spot to come in was when your hand was being raised um, to, you know, when your hand, when you were, sorry, raising your hand, just about to tap because, you know, you've been in the, like you said, you've been in the hole for quite a long time. You know, you'd had the, you'd not prior to even being put in that hold, you know, you had some horrible shit happen to you. You had a dropped hold on the fucking chair You'd have been beating around with bits and bobs. I mean, we're talking about a sort of couple of minutes, couple of minutes here before you were even put in the move where they were really taking you to town. And obviously, I'm I'm laying fucking you know dead on the floor. Now, I, I wanted to really like sort of just get up. The, the, the what I would have liked to have done, and um, this is what happened, was um, I couldn't see you. I would have loved to have been able to see you and see your hand and then just get the stick going and do what I needed to do, the kendo stick and do what I needed to do. But I couldn't see your hand, but uh, JJ, the ref, um, sort of came over and had a look had a look at me, like just to just, – I don't know if he was looking to see if I was dead or not or looking at fucking what, what he was doing. But I shouted him, like, JJ, tell me, tell me when I need to come in. Tell me when Shawnee is about to tap out. And to be fair to him, he heard what I said. And when he when you raised your hand, he came straight over to me and said, yeah, it's, it's time. So I grabbed the stick, came in. I gave Ed um, a crack across the back with the kendo stick. He fucked off. Um, and I don't blame him. 
And then uh, uh, George Rashwood was doing the whole Ric Flair begging off thing. Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Um, and then I twatted him in, in the stomach. And I hit him on the back, I reckon, about 15, 16 times with the, with the kendo stick. Now, another little story um, for, uh, for, for people uh, out of the back. That kendo stick wasn't gimmicked that well. It was a hard fucking kendo stick. And it was, uh, you know, it was a kendo stick that, that you, you see on independent shows, which is, you know, bamboo cane stuck together and taped up. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's cool. It makes a loud noise and whatnot, but it fucking hurts out of all the weapons. There really is probably one of the most painful ones. And I said to, I said to uh, uh, Jim Rashwood before the, you know, before the match, before we went out there, I said to him that I'm going to really fucking wow you with this cane. Like I'm going to hit you hard. And I said, I've got to because you've just powerbombed me for a table. I said, and you've just tried to fucking, you know, garrot my friend with a chain, right? Garrot my tag team partner with a chain. I've and you know, give him shit, whatever. I've got to, I've got to wail on you. I said, I'm going to hit you like I'm going to go ballistic. I'm going to try and work it a little bit, but it's not easy with these fucking things. I'm, I'm going to have to go for it. I said, when you've had enough, roll out the ring. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm going to hit you. 50, you know, I'm going to hit you this many times with a cane or whatever. You know, there, there, there's no point. The only thing I can do is hit, 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 just swing as hard as I can, make sure I'm swinging at a safe place. But when he's had enough, he can roll out the ring, and then we can go to the next bit. Do you know what I mean? But to be fair to to be fair to, to Rashwood, um, he stayed in that ring and I pasted the living fuck out of him with that cane. Core, did I ever. I've tanned his ass with that cane. Or he, he must have had fucking whelps on his back the next day, the size of fucking, uh, yeah, the, 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 the size of God knows what, the size of tennis balls. Because I really, really, really was fucking going for it. And I was roaring and going ballistic. And yeah, it was cool. It was cool visual good for the storyline of the match. You know, I've been powerbombed for a table. I'm pissed off. They just tried to fucking kill you and make you tap. I'm pissed off. Um, you know, I want to kill these motherfuckers. I finally got Rashwood, who's been pissing me off for months now. I've got him in the ring. I'm there, me and him with a cane. I've got, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got some, some time in there with him. I'm going to smack the living shit out of him. So psychology wise, it worked beautifully. The crowd liked that bit, I think as well. Um, and, um, and, and yeah. And from there we sort of went into our little finish and, and, and uh, what, what, what did that contain? So that was basically, yeah, Bobby Adams was left on his own. Rash would have been taken out. Uh, the chain had been left on the floor. So at one point, Bobby Adam turns to me. I start wrapping the chain around my fist saying, all right, you know, payback's a bitch. Let's see what's going on. He kind of begs off. He backs up. He backs up. He backs into you. You grab him around the waist. He, he's got nowhere to go. I do the similar thing where I sort of unfurl the, the chain. I put the chain around his neck and then give him the code breaker. You then give him the German suplex and then boom, he's been taken out of the match. 
in comes Rashwood after managing to to get a little bit of um you know bit of his bit of his uh, skin back on his on his body. He comes in with a steel chair. He swings the chair at me. I duck. I hit the rope. I hit him with a big uh, big claymore to the claymore to the chair. And then boom, as well. That looked really fucking good. And then the, yeah, that was the that was the finish, wasn't it? Yeah, claymore to no, the chair. No, it weren't. Unfortunately, no? we did the. Card, oh no no we? no no yeah 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 that's right yeah. So after the claymore to the chair, we uh, set up a couple of more chairs. I pick up Rashwood. I say right there, you know, Jimmy, this is your turn to finish him off. We um yeah, I throw you uh, throw him into you. You give him the cutter on the chair. Boom! I get the pin. One two three. The disaster artists come out victorious at Watlington over George Rashwood and Bobby Adams, and we send the crowd home very very happy because I think they were they were pleased to see that we went over, and uh, I think they had a, a very enjoyable match, uh, something very different to what they'd seen previously. Uh, and again, we we're in a we we're, were in a nice spot. There was four of us in there. They had a nice bit of heat. We had a nice bit of kind of uh, uh, shine. We had the weapons to rely on. We had a good little story going on. We had some uh, we had some fun in there, and you know we took some crazy bumps. But uh, I think everybody came came off with a with a few little kind of bumps and scrapes and scars and you know their 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 heads knocked a little bit loopy but you know we all turned up the week after at West Lynn and in in various different increments but you know we're still good to go and the rivalry is still there because now that uh, Rashwood you know he's starting to get his little contingency together he's got himself a a, a new kind of valet um he he's not stopping uh going against the disaster ass this is not stopping him one bit is it no and you know that, and that was sort of um the the storyline that you know the whole story arc from that match um you know i wanted um there's a few things that i wanted you know i <clears throat> obviously as as a disaster artist um, I know I, I, we did that little hardcore match at Christmas, which was great. I love that match. You know, I, I, I really, really, that was a fun match with the NLP. Um, and I wanted to, again, just continue a sort of a bit of a string of the, the viciousness from our part. You know, the fact is we do like to go out there and have fun and wrestle and, you know, do our bits and be exciting or, or do our little promos and be funny and all that sort of shit. We love, we, you know, that that's how we'd like things to be, but sometimes that's not how things are. And I want the crowd to see that we can get nasty if needs be. That was accomplished in that match, um, fucking tenfold, which was good. Um, I wanted Ed to get over more as a heel because, you know, I don't want him just to be, you know, Rashford's tag partner. He needs a position in that in that tag team. Um, that makes him as valuable as Rash would be in a in a different way and in a totally different way, so that they complement each other. Um, I, I wanted Rashwood to uh, again be able to. I wanted him to be able to take an ass whipping and still come out of it as well. I don't, I don't want Rashwood to seem like he's a bitch. Do you know what I mean? I know I, in promos and stuff, I call him a moaning bitch and all these things and whatnot, but I don't want him to seem like physically he he can't get in there and wrestle and not get things done because, you know, that, that, that match I want, and I wanted to prove that by the amount of abuse he took really, um, you know, and still didn't give up. He came back. I know he took the fall and all that sort of shit. And that was, that was what it was. But um, actually, did he take the fall or was it? Edited? He did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, I right? pinned okay, him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You pinned him. That was it. So, you know, it, it was, you know, even though he took the fall, 
Um, you know, he didn't give up. Um, like you said, the following week, we carried on with the storyline. But from that storyline, you know, no one came out looking weak. You can't say that any wrestler who was involved in that match came out looking like they were pussies. Do you know what I mean? Everyone came out looking like they had a fight and we just um, were just got psychotic enough at the end there um, to be able to, to be able to win. You know, it was very near, very nearly a loss for us. Um, but luckily just, you know, just we, we turned up the psychotic mode a little bit um, and managed to, and managed to, managed to beat them. Um, it was a good, you know, for the crowd, it was a good PG hardcore match with peaks and troughs and, you know, bangs and crashes and smashes and wallops. But there was that story there. And that, and again, like I said, like I just, you know, like I just reiterated that story, everyone needed to come out a little bit better. And I think I just tried to sort of give, give that little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of explanation there with each character um, as to sort of what I wanted. And then you guys obviously sort of, you know, put the match, you know, put the match together in terms of the, the moves and the little bits and the, and the ducks and the, and the, and the bumps and the, where do we go from here and sort of, sort of thing. But, um, you know, the, the, that was the story arc I wanted, you know, and I think that, I think that it, it worked well, you know, like, as I said, no one can watch that match and come out and, and say that all four guys who were involved in that didn't put everything into it, you know, um, and that they're not all tough guys, you know, they're not all tough bastards because, you know, that's, 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 I, I don't want Rashwood to be, uh, I don't want Rashwood to, to seem like, I want him to seem like he's, he's, he's moaning and he's, he's got a reason to moan and he's got a reason to be a heel. He's actually got a point to the fact that he is saying what he's saying. Um, but I don't want him to wrestle like he's, you know, like, like, like he's a pussy. Um, I want him to still, you know, I want him to, 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 to be tough. And anyone who can take that, that sort of beating is, is and come back for more is, is tough. So, you know, it, 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 it works, it worked on a few levels and I think it was a good main event and yeah, definitely sent people home happy and getting on the mic at the end and making sure that, uh, you know, hopefully your people will come back for the next, next, next show. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely go back to that venue the venue want us back. It's um, it, it is good fun. It is a good venue, and um, yeah, next time hopefully the the crowd will know that they can make as much noise as they like for as long as they like. You know, Shawnee. Yes, Jim. Get stuffed. Excuse me, that's not very nice. No, 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 Shawnee. You're taking it in the wrong context. Get stuffed is a new organisation that is uh, now sponsoring the Falling Star Wrestling podcast. And get stuffed is a fantastic idea. Now, when, well, in this country, when we pass away, we traditionally got two options. And that is to get buried in a coffin, six feet in the ground, rot, get eaten by worms, have maggots crawling up your asshole, and eventually turn into a skeleton. And then someone will dig you up in a couple of hundred years and smash your bones up anyway. That's option number one. Option number two is to get loaded into a coffin, an expensive coffin that has been paid for by your family, and then have a little bit of a ceremony, put in a furnace and burnt. And then the ashes scooped up, put in a nice little one and given to you, and you can be scattered 
on a tree or something like that. It all sounds very nice. Plenty of other cultures that do plenty of different ways, but Get Stuffed is a new alternative um, and I think it's a much better alternative to dealing with death and dealing with the corpses of your loved ones. Now, wouldn't it be fantastic if your old granddad, your old granddad who you loved, you loved him to pieces, he used to give you toffees, he used to sit, sit on his knee and watch Bullseye when you were a kid, you used to go to the pub with him and he'd have a pint of mild and you'd have a half a coke and a, and a bag of crisps and he'd play the old game of pool with you and stuff like that well when you get older and he gets older eventually granddad's gonna pass away now he's either gonna, either gonna get buried six feet under eaten by the maggots or burnt to a cinder and put in a pot which to me doesn't seem dignified enough but imagine if you could stuff him taxidermy like an animal stuff granddad Stick him in a position, ask Grandad, Grandad, if you were to die tomorrow, what position would you like to be stuffed in? And make sure you make a note of that, or he can put it in his will, or he can even talk to the organization that gets stuffed, and they will stuff him in that exact same position that he wants to be stuffed in. Then they will supply you with a glass case, um, and you can put him wherever you want him. You can keep him at home, put him around another family member's house, you can keep him in the loft, you can keep him in the shed, um, you can put him wherever you want. Granddad's with you forever, and he's in the position that he wants to be in. So if you remember fondly sitting on your granddad's knee in a toffee watching Bullseye, he can just be put in, stuffed in that taxidermy position so he's nice and sat down, and you can, you can even sit on his knee as an adult and put your arm around his stuffed corpse as you watch old episodes of Bullseye. Me, personally, I've already signed up for, for Get Stuffed, you know me, I like a laugh. I'm a bit of a jokester. I'm a bit of a prankster. So what I've decided is is to uh, be totally naked, get stuffed, and be bent over slightly with a light bulb sticking out of my ass. And I, what I want is I want some a little little battery for so the light bulb goes on and off occasionally, just to cause some amusement. You know, what I mean, I don't want people going up to my grave and weeping and crying. I don't want people holding on to my ashes and throwing them off the edge of a cliff as, as, as they cry and, and watch me dissipate into the sea. I want them to chuckle at me as I'm bent over in the kitchen with a light bulb up my ass. That's what I want. That's what Get Stuff can provide me and that's what Get Stuff can provide you. Ladies and gentlemen, all you got to do is visit their site at www.getstuffed.com forward slash Falling Star Wrestling Podcast and they will give you a free biro just for looking at the website. So, ladies and gentlemen, just get stuffed. Indeed. Then, the weekend after, we were back at the Westland Sports and Social Club for Falling Star Wrestling Presents Pros versus Trainees. Now, this was a, a very different show. We've not done one of these in a while. You know, when back when I was first starting to uh, get to grips with wrestling and with the Falling Star Wrestling Academy, we used to have quite a few sort of pros versus trainees and stuff. But this is the first one that I can remember sort of since coming back as PVC. So this was a really kind of interesting event. 
and you never really know how these are going to go because you know the falling star wrestling academy they work so hard they're always there they've all got their little jobs but when it comes to kind of wrestling and wrestling in front of a crowd and wrestling in front of a, a great crowd in west lynn that's always packed always red hot always sold out and they will give people as much energy you know as the wrestlers do you never know how it's gonna how it's gonna come out but um you know as we go through the matches uh, i think every person who had a match that is a part of the falling star wrestling academy just did so amazingly and everybody told an each an individual story and the show itself had a had a really nice overarching story and it kind of carried on from the week before you know um because Robbie was in one of the matches. Robbie is normally our MC. Um, he was in match number two, so somebody had to step in, and that was George Rashwood. George Rashwood did pick up an injury in the hardcore match. Um, he hurt his shoulder, so he wasn't cleared to wrestle, so he stepped in as the MC, and that was like the perfect thing for him, because instantly it gets him heat for saying, oh, like, he can't wrestle, and he you know, he has all these excuses and stuff like that, and he's flanked by his new valet, uh, Brody Knox, and he's also got Bobby Adams with him as well and they're a little entourage and they just rained havoc throughout this entire show so it made it feel like it was a pros versus trainees show but it also made it feel like there was a there was a theme running through and there was a there was a focus on it and it was like the Rashwood plan and how are people going to overcome this this stable that is starting to appear within Falling Star Wrestling and I just thought it was great and by the end of the night like George Rashwood didn't wrestle at all but like the amount of heat that he got and his team got together as a collective was just amazing like just people shout him the whole night just getting on his nerves and you know shouting at his valet shouting at bobby shouting at him and at the end of it i just thought you know what i think he's onto something here and the more it progresses and i just hope that he can kind of keep this red hot heat going forward as as the rashwood plan and his little stable and where this is going to go i think it's making for some interesting storytelling within falling star wrestling what about you jim yeah well you know as i i you know i, I again not tooting my own fucking horn but i'm you know i'm going to toot toot, away toot toot, toot, toot. <laughs> Um, obviously, I I put that show together, and the uh, the I I was racking my brains, obviously trying to think of who could MC the first half, and who, who could because again, you know, a lot of things are done on the spur of the moment with wrestling. But it was actually a day the day before where I said to where I said where I messaged um, uh, Jim or George Rashwood and said, look. Are you called to MC the first half? I said, I know it'll, uh, uh, you know, a heel MC in the first half will might bring the crowd down a little bit, but it's it's wrestling. The crowd know who you are. They know what you're about. I think they'll give you quite a lot of shit, and I think it will be something different. And, and he genuinely did have a shoulder injury, and I wanted to be him involved in the show. Um, it would get his valet involved as well, uh, a new valet that he could introduce in a way that he saw fit and the way that he wanted to. Um, and obviously it would give Ed a little bit more time, you know, to, to, to do a, a few more bits in the show, which would which would then, you know, which, which, which would then, you know, work towards the main event. Now, when you're putting together something like a pros versus trainees show, you need to be prepared for the fact that sometimes the matches, match quality that it, the, themselves, possibly not. I'm not saying this in a bad way, 
but possibly might not be great. You got a few, you got a few things to contend with. A lot of the t- t- uh, time, uh, with ninety percent of the matches on that card, it was um, the, the 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 some of the guys' first matches. So they could freeze, they could shit in the bed, um, and everyone could have a hard time. So a majority of the matches, if that happens in a majority of the matches, you've you you've got you know you, you've got a bit of a rough time ahead here. So what you have to do when you plan those shows is you have to plan, like you say, an overarching storyline that's going to go through the shows with the professionals that are on the shows, with the pros that are on the shows, and then end with a main event um, that just can't fail. The main event just can't fail. And I think that, that, that we managed to do that very successfully that night. But the other, but the bonus thing, um, the bonus um, from my end um, was the fact that you know the the matches that 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 I were that I was protected because they could potentially go wrong were all pretty good. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone, all the all the trainees did exceptionally well, considering you know all I expect from someone's first single match is for them just to actually have the balls to get in the ring and listen to listen to the wrestler listen to the pro and listen to the crowd that's all i want them to do and not get hurt obviously if they can do those things then it's a successful first match so you know that i but you know a lot a lot of the guys went above and beyond that uh, in fact all the guys went above and beyond that so not only did you have a really good overarching theme for the show you had some some really nice matches in between that then you know that then actually that the, then really helped the show and really helped the the sort of the 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 finale that we were building to you know I feel like it was it was really well booked because there were things that that happened in the first half and then they were paid off in the second half there were things that were going on that people could probably see coming later on but then there were also surprises as well which I think makes for a really good show and we'll, we'll run down the show in, in in a second but yeah to kind of finish on that really really feel good moment uh, it was it was just a, a, an honor and a pleasure to be in there, and and we'll get to get to the match in a minute because we have to talk about everything that built up to that match. And you know, a few of us had to pull double duty, and we had to kind of be very apparent on that show. You know, yourself, myself, uh, especially like Bobby and Crowley and people like that. We we had to kind of be the glue that held that show together, but we also had to highlight the the trainees of the Falling Star Wrestling Academy, and that's always a different thing as well because. I can't say for your match, but I had a match against uh, JJ King, who's normally our referee, and I wanted to do something different, but we'll get into that in a second. We'll go uh, to your match, Jim, because you opened up the show, didn't you? You had a one-on-one match, a pro versus trainee match versus uh, Sean Stone. Uh, what are your thoughts on that match? Yeah, so the the, the overarching storyline of the match was exactly what it needed to be. Um, I went out, I cut a promo, um, I uh, I G'd the crowd up and basically said, you know, the, the, there's a lot of guys out the back here who've been training really hard for months to for the opportunity to get in the ring and, and be a professional wrestler and this is, they, they're actually going to do it tonight. Um, you know, against some of Falling Stars' best, so make sure you cheer the, you know, cheer the place, you know, cheer the roof off the place, blah blah blah. 
I cut a promo basically, um, which basically said to the crowd, you guys are as, as more vital to the show than you've you are you are, you have ever been to any show that you have before. You're always vital. You're always an essential part. The you know the the crowd and the the noise and the interaction that we have with them. But you know today, you know we you, we might need your forgiveness in in some ways. Uh, um, but one thing we definitely need is your support and your noise. And I have to say the crowd were fucking superb that night they were really really good and they blew the roof off the place um with with pretty much every match and um you know that so i really want to thank the crowd um because they you know it just goes to show what a faithful amazing crowd we have at falling star wrestling um and so after i cut that promo everyone was g'd up and ready to go um shane came out he's sort of playing uh, a bit of a heel at the moment a uh, bit of a sort of, uh, you know, a, a, you know, he's sort of trying to go for the old school sort of um, hard man, cowardly heel type thing. Um, you know, again, the actual match itself, the match, um, the actual match quality, you know, it, 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 it wasn't great. But you know what? When I watched it back, it was fine. You know, we did a little bit in the ring. Um, he did his bit fine. We did a little bit outside the ring. Um, again, I gave him a body slam outside, which I've started doing a little bit. So, you know, watch out for anyone who wrestles me. You're going to be getting body slammed outside. I did a bit of body slam outside, had a bit of a shine. Um, he gave me a little bit of a kick in. Uh, we went to a sort of simple finish. Um, you know, he did his bits well. The spots he did, um, he did well. Um, anything that we've um, that we spoke about because we've you know Shane really wants to you know he's really taken the ball by the horns with this wrestling and he and he 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 really wants to do well and he knows what he needs to work on um, and he knows um, you know the the what and he knows you know in what order as well you know so he, he it, it's stuff we've been working on in training since. So, you know, it's stuff that as we see him more in the future, um, he should start developing a little bit more of it. You know, he starts should he should start developing a little bit more. Just simple things like posting and stuff like that. And uh, you know, little bits like, you know, just 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 simple things like during the beatdown, just letting me sell a little bit more, let him, let me breathe, um, and just not being afraid to lay a few things in and you know, just just, 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 just simple things. Getting a bit more of a move set, so you know, if if he does, you know, if 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 he does struggle struggle uh, for things to think of to do in a match, he's got something that you know that he always does, which he can always go back to, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so the match and the match, the match quality. Anyway, uh, the basis of it was. The end of the match, I um, I, I I gave him a uh, I can't remember what I did. I think I gave him a big old. He sent me to the corner, gave him a big old. Uh, came out with a big old rock clothesline. Um, we got nearly got to ten. We had a little bit of a duel. I think I I can't remember. I gave him some some a, a move or two. I can't remember what it was. Um, sent him up in the corner for ten heads. Gave him the 10 heads. The crowd were with us, loving it all. 
was just about to go for a jab for a cutter. I was standing in front of the crowd, so I was facing um, towards the uh, well. I suppose towards the the back of the hall there, where most of the crowd sit. Um, I was gearing up for the cutter. Then that bastard Bobby Adams come out, gave me a backstabber. Shane Stone was on me straight away afterwards. Um, the referee didn't see it because he was checking on Shane's eye. You know, Shane was complaining about his eye after I gave him the the ten punches to the head in the corner. Um, but as 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 soon as uh, uh, Bobby Adams gave me that backstabber, and I was on the fucking uh, and, I, and 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 I was on my back, uh, that eye suddenly became better. Uh, Shane ran, uh, ran dove over the top of me put his feet on the ropes for extra leverage and yep he got the free count on me and uh yeah that's uh that was it i was i was uh obviously pissed off shane got out pretty quick gave a bit of a cocky smile and um that was the first part of the story set up set up nicely for the for the for later on in in the uh in in the match you know or later on sorry later on in the show and a lot of things were accomplished within that sort of short 20, 25 minutes. You know, we had Rashford come out and, you know, be the MC, be that cocky guy, establish himself, set up the story that he's not going to be there for, for the rest of the show. He's going to be there, but he's going to be the voice of the show and he's going to be annoying the people and stuff like that. You know, we set up the pros versus the trainees and, you know, you, with you doing the job as well, we're setting up that the trainees can beat the pros. It's not just going to be one of those where the pros come out and they, they take the piss a little bit and then they, they pin the trainees and everyone goes back happy and stuff like that. It's like, all right, first match, Jimmy Starr comes out, owner of the company, you know, established pro within the business, decade-long experience, and comes out and loses to Shane Stone, uh, Sean Stone, who's had, what, three matches? But this is because of Bobby Adams's interference, and that's the story planted there, because throughout the show that would be quite a common theme bobby adams will be you know popping up every now and then and there'll be a few little different bits and bobs which will gear towards the main event but we'll get to that in just a second because bobby adams was actually in match number two we had the unusual pairing of bobby adams and crowley because crowley's tag team partner mitch basher wasn't there that evening and of course bobby adams's uh, tag team partner was out of action for that evening so we kind of paired those two guys up and they went up against the team of the sassy Bear Clarence and uh, the the friendship of Sassy Bear and Robbie Lewis was renewed within the Falling Star Wrestling ring. Now, unfortunately, I would have loved to have seen this match, but I was just getting ready to wrestle after this match. So I don't know if you saw anything, Jim. I did. I saw. I saw. I saw it all. And um, you know, obviously, it was a, a well. That was a little while back. It wasn't that long back, but I've had COVID since then, and I've I've had quite a few concussions over the years. So. I don't really remember a lot, but um, I do remember it being a, a very good match, quite very simple, which is what it needed to be, but it had the heat. Um, everyone hates Crowley, which is great. He's a superb heel, and as we spoke about with Crowley before, not only is he a superb heel backstage, he's really becoming you know, a decent veteran. Um, he, he, he knows how to put a match together. He knows how to put a simple match together and how to put a complicated match together. He knows when to, you know, he knows when, you know, when, 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 you know, to, to the, you know, when, when he should be taking his bumps and the baby faces should be getting their shine. And he knows when he should be putting on the heat. He knows when he should be selling. He knows when he should be on the crowd. He knows he's, he's become a very good all round 
pro and he's a very, very good heel and he's a good tag team wrestler and he knows what he's doing. So his role within this match was, was, was absolutely vital. Um, so, you know, and, um, it was Bobby Adams on his, on his side, wasn't it? Cause yeah, it was Bobby Adams on his side. Again, he knows what he's doing. Um, and he was a very good bump in heel in that match as well. Cause he was against, obviously the, he was the, the smaller guy in that match. Um, he takes a nice snap, snapback bumps. Um, and, um, also when it came time for him to get in there and get his heat, he was very vicious. He did a lot of vicious shit, you know, a lot of good stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, just, just looked like he fucking meant what he was doing. And he looked like when he was kicking these guys who were, who were bigger than him, that it was having effect and it was working. Um, Sassy is so hugely popular that, you know, that, you know, when his music hits, that's, that's the pop, that's it. You know what I mean? Like if he could, he could fucking walk in the ring, do a twirl and go back and that would be it. Do you know what I mean? Like that would be the, the, every people would be pleased, you know, they would have their sassy fix, but uh, luckily not only is sassy got uh, an amazing gimmick, he's an amazing worker. And, you know, for Robbie to be tagging up with him, um, you would think to yourself, well, you know, uh, is Rob, Robbie's going to be safe no matter what. But Robbie pulled off an amazing job as well. Oh, you know, Robbie's got, uh, for someone who's new, he's got such intensity um, and he looks like he's so fucking pleased to be there and that he belongs in there that, um, I've, I've, I, you know, from the match, I just remember it being basic. I don't remember it being fucking anything, anything huge, anything crazy. Um, I just remember it being, you know, basic shot, you know, good shine from Sassy. Um, I believe, um, Robbie took the heat from a chop block. I think they started taking him out, working on his legs a little bit and doing some bits and bobs. Um, and then, yeah, it just, uh, and then there was again, a nice shine. Um, but I believe it, uh, who went over in this one? I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Adams and Crowley went over in this match. Yeah. They did, and what, was there some interference there from from? Um, there must have been some interference somewhere from uh, uh, from 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 Rashford. There must have been. I'm not 100 percent certain because there was interference in the third match. I didn't think we put anything in this second match. I can't be, I can't be certain on that one because yeah, I, I didn't actually get to watch that match, and I, I knew that there was going to be a little bit of um, you know shenanigans in mind. So I thought we had shenanigans in the first match. Probably not. <laughs> probably best not to have too many shenanigans in the second match. So I can't comment unfortunately. But if there's anyone out there, can leave a comment or, or let us know and uh, fill us in on that one. I, I can't remember, but it was. Um... But I do remember just the, 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 the whole match going well. Um, and it must have gone really well because when Crowley came back, he said he was pleased with it. So um, for that to, for, for even those words to come out of his mouth, um, <laughs> it's a fucking miracle in itself. So uh, it must have been WrestleMania worthy. But I think basically, you know, he was, he was just pleased because, you know, he, 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 he just likes. He likes the psychology. He likes being able to go out there and do his job. And I think if, I think he feels that if he hasn't done his job to maximum capacity, he's not he's not happy. And you know he 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 doesn't doesn't have to be the best match in terms of like hitting every move and hitting every spot. But I think he he really does need that. He loves that baby face pop or that heel fucking uh, 
boo when when they win, and he, he he needs to know that he's done a good job that way, and it and it's gone more or less how he envisioned envisioned it. And I think with Ed's Ed's bumping ability, and I think with you know Sassy's just just a, you know amazing entrance and character work. And also, you know, the fact that he can work like a fucking Trojan and then Robbie coming in there and doing his bit and doing it superbly. I think, you know, that you wouldn't, you would, you'd have never noticed there was a trainee in that match. They protected him well, but not only did they do that, Robbie didn't look like a trainee. He looked like he was fucking there. He looked like he'd been there for years, you know. So um, it was, it was, it was a good match in that sense. I, I saw, I just can't really remember what happened at the end. And, and I don't know. I don't think. I think that's because I didn't quite see it because um, I knew I had to do a little bit in your match. And I think I was trying to find out what the cue was for that. So, uh, so yeah. So that 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 was. But it was it was very good. It was very good. Yeah, and that's the thing you can't really teach in in a wrestling school. Is that you can teach the moves. You can teach how to put on a hammerlock, a chin lock, a wrist lock. You can show somebody how to take a bump. You can almost teach psychology, but you can't really teach anybody to have that sort of sense of belonging in the ring. You just have to either learn it over the years or you just have it, have to have it innately. And like Robbie has tried so hard and the physical aspects and stuff like that. He's always in the gym. He's always coming to training and stuff like that. But for somebody to come out and it be his sort of second, third match, he comes out like a wrestler. He doesn't kind of come out looking coy and shy and not sure. He comes out with 100% certainty that like, if this is his last opportunity, he's going to make the most of it and he does that each and every time and that's just that's just a thing that is is so difficult to teach if if not impossible what do you reckon jim is it is it it is impossible to teach i didn't know he was going to be that sort of fucking i didn't know he was going to attack the match the, the the past few matches like he has done i mean i you know i told him to and you know I, i've i've spoke to people in training about that sort of how you've got to do it and you know everything's got to be big and everything's got to be loud and everything's got to be fucking aggressive and all these sorts of things and i've tried to teach people that <coughs> but um you know and the psychology of the heel and baby face and you know and how they should be and how they should act and you know especially when you're coming out and wrestling your first matches you know you need to not you need you know the crowd aren't going to know who you are so you're going to really need to let people know who you are and what your wrestling style is um if you have a character what that character is, but you know, you, you, you normally on your first match, you, you shouldn't really have a character character because you don't really know who you are yet. You don't really know what you're doing. So it's just about getting out there and, and being able to feed off the crowd. And I, 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 I had a hunch, um, you know, that in, uh, when we were doing that rumble and stuff, that the first time Robbie ever got in the ring, I had a hunch that, he would be able to have that intensity, but not to the level that he that 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 he had. And like you said, you know, having that connection with the crowd that he's got is something you can't teach. Now, when he's on the mat and he, he works so hard at the training school and he he tries everything that everyone else does, but you know, he's a bigger guy. He's he's you know he's not the best wrestler in the world but neither am i and neither are a lot of people and um you know if just because i asked you to do something i don't expect you to be able to do it the first time you know and robbie is like 
I was when I first started to to, to learn how to wrestle. You know, I you know I, I was I was small I was small, but I still didn't have that natural ability for someone to say right do a you know do a fucking shoulder roll or do a flip uh, a flip bump and be able to do it the first time. I, it took me a while. I I needed teaching. I needed you know I, I needed people to I needed to repetition and drilling. And Robbie's a bit like that, you know. Um, so fucking, I, I just, I was so proud of him because, you know, maybe sometimes what he lacks for in the wrestling side of things, which he will learn and he will get, he will get there. And I'm not pissing on him in any way, shape or form because he will get there. Um, but what he sometimes maybe thinks to him or gets frustrated to himself about in, in the wrestling class you know, about not being able to put a hold on as well as everyone else. Um, you know, sometimes is 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 doesn't matter a dick when you go out there and have that much intensity and, you know, your main move is a big lariat. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he, he just he just makes up. He just makes up for everything with intensity and showmanship and that link to the crowd and if you've got that then there's no all the moves in the world can't fucking link to that they really can't they can't they can't match up to that sorry they really can't uh so just so proud of what he's doing when he's out there in the ring in front of people you know yeah awesome job robbie but that was um Pros up one, so it's 1-1. One, one. So we had a trainee go over in the first match. The pros win the second match. And then we have batch number three, another pro versus trainee. This was me, PVC versus JJ King. Now, Falling Star Wrestling audiences will know JJ as our resident referee. But he uh, took off his referee jersey and, well, he went in there uh, uh, bare-chested and he put on his trunks and we had a little match. And, you know, uh, I was trying to rack my brain in trying to come up with ideas, you know, as the pro to, to lead this match, because I didn't want for, for one second for, for JJ to ever come across as like useless, or I didn't want him to come across as anything more like Healy or anything like that, because I didn't want to sort of tarnish his refereeing. Like I didn't want this match to take away from his refereeing. And maybe I was sort of thinking about it too much, but I wanted to play on more of a sort of 50, 50 baby face thing, but, add an element of comedy because I knew that the the first half was very quite intense. You know, you you had uh, the, the, the Rashwood thing going on with Bobby Adams and Crowley and that was really, really intense. So I wanted to kind of send the the first half into the interval with 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 a little bit of fun, knowing that there was going to be a little bit of shenanigans at the end of our match. But I wanted mine and, and JJ's match to feel like it was kind of encapsulated and it wasn't too affected by what sort of happened after the match. So I'll run through my kind of thought process and my thought process process was well you're a referee why don't we kind of play on that why don't we play on a few of those like comedic elements so for instance we both get in the ring and i just blatantly say to him hey you're normally the referee and he's like yeah i'm a wrestler and then we point to um alex who's the rest referee and i'm like hey but you're the referee to kind of like set up that establishment of like this guy's normally a referee we're gonna play on this so like you know we'll, we'll lock up he takes me to the corner. I put my hands up and he starts counting like a referee would, you know, to break the hold. And I'm like, that dude, like, 
you're not the referee. We're, we're wrestling here. And he's like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Gets a little bit of a chuckle. We do a similar thing. I take him to the corner and he starts counting me. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like you're, you're the referee. Now, we try to get this over. And then we do a few more spots and he just comes out of nowhere and just hits me with this big old chop to kind of like break that illusion of like, oh, he's not just a, a, a dumb referee who can't do anything. And we, we played upon that. We almost did the, you know, the rule of three with the chops. So like the first chop, he gives me a big one. And then later on, I might hit the ropes, duck one. Then he turns around and gives me another big chop. You know, the, the classic sort of double duck international spot. And then, you know, you duck one, you take one, you duck two, you take one, that kind of thing. And then the third one is you duck two and then you, you the, the other person takes another one. So we, we built upon that, but it got to a, we, we got to a point, we did a little bit of comedy in there and then we got down to the wrestling where we was just kind of like exchanging moves, exchanging holes. Like I would get up on him a little bit. I'd do a few of my sort of signature moves. He would kick out of those things. I would kick out of a few of his moves or I'd give him a bit of a shine. I didn't want him to be sort of seen as just the referee who's wrestling. So we did that at the beginning. Then he gets on the big chops. He gives me a big scoop slang, gives me a uh, a really cool sort of fisherman buster suplex, gets the, gets the near fall on that one. And then at one point I give him a be claymore and he, he bails out the ring and at that point i'm like oh i can win the match like this is this is my move like i can knock people down with this match so i start counting with the referee you know i'm going for the count out victory so i'm counting along one two three the ref stops counting but i keep on counting to i have my back to the to the entrance and i keep counting and i get up to 10 i go yes i've won i've won the match via count out and then i get tapped on the shoulder and JJ's in the ring and he's got his referee top on. I'm like, huh? What 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 the what the hell's going on here? You know, just to really switch things up and just go in a really different direction. So I was like, wouldn't it be weird if then now Alex Miller is the referee for this match, but JJ has the referee top on. So Alex rolls me up and JJ counts the three. I jump up going, what on earth is going on? Who is the referee? I don't understand. The crowd is kind of like popping and laughing and, and wondering what's going on. We have a little bit of a discussion there. And JJ's like, I'm the winner. So I take off his referee jersey. I put it on Alex. And in this moment, obviously, you know, when somebody's put a t-shirt on you, you can't quite put it on. It was inside out. And at that moment, JJ rolls me up and the crowd are chanting along. So they go one, two, three, four. And at this point, you know, I, I don't get to see what's happening in the ring, but I can just imagine I can make that sort of, um, you know, imagination in my mind. And Alex is putting on this referee jersey. Then he jumps down for the actual count and goes one, two. And then I kick out right late. And that gets a really, really, really big pop. So they pop up, hit a big move and get another near fall. And then I'm ready to go for my um, sort of finishing maneuver. And that's when... George Rashwood stands up and this is where we sort of like go away from the comedy. We've, we've sort of put that match to bed as, as if that was like the fall, uh, if that, if that makes any sense. And then we kind of transition back into the story of, of the show. So I've just hit my, my, my big side effect. I've got the near four. I'm going to go, um, you know, I'm going to go for the, for the coat breaker, for the TK or whatever. George Rashwood stands up and says, ah, oh, here we go. PVC, same old stuff, blah, blah, blah. Taking advantage of trainees. Oh, we junior comedy. And while I'm distracted, I can see obviously Rashwood's in the corner. He's got the microphone. He's standing up. I'm distracted. And then, but coming from behind, because the referee's distracted at this point. He goes out to to check on Rashwood saying like, sit down, you can't be interrupting the match. And I just get boom, low blow right in the plums by uh, Brody Knox, uh, Rashwood's valet. And then as I'm staggering around, 
I see Bobby Adams. He's on the side. He's on the apron. He jumps through the ropes, gets me with these uh, slingshot spear. And then the Rashwood plan, the Rashwood experience group, they just kind of tumble in. And then they just start beating the crap out of me. Crowler comes out. They start beating the crap out of me. Stomp, 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 stomp until it gets to that point. And then uh, JJ tries to get involved because he didn't want to kind of seem like he was just out of the match at that point. He gets dumped out by uh, Crowley. I'm getting beaten up. You know, Rashwood's in the middle of the ring. And then who comes to my safety? Mr. Jimmy Starr. You came out and you helped me. And then we have another thread for the rest of the event, which was, you know, the crowd could see there's going to be a big schmoz tag team match at the end. But we still had a little bit of a secret and we'll get to that in a second. Um, did you see or watch any of my match? Or were you just kind of perched in the back ready to make the save, Jim? No, I was I was ready to make the save and I was having a look at a few bits and I saw the I saw the um the the spot you did where JJ put the t-shirt on. Um, I didn't see any any of the moves or anything like that. You know, I figured that you 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 know you you'd look after him and it would be cool. Um, yeah, I was just waiting for my uh, waiting for my cue to go out there and uh, yeah and and cut the promo for the for the tag, um, which I just feel is important to to to, to reiterate when uh, we come out and cut the uh, after you after the match. And after you've been stomped on, and after I, I made the rescue or whatever, um, we cut the uh, a promo for a tag. So it was going to be myself and you, uh, the disaster eyes against Crowley and Bobby Adams, um, and that was how we left it um, for the interval. But um, well, before the you know for the interval, so that was the the first half. But how did how do you feel that that um, that JJ did? Did he hit his marks? Did he did he? Uh, how, how was his sort of like uh, selling with the spots and the comedy? Did it did it? You know, obviously you you know you, you went for a different approach. Comedy is quite hard as it is. So did it did did it go did it go did it go better or as good or worse or than you expected? What was what was the uh, what what was your overall feel about the match? I really quite enjoyed the match. Like it was different for me. I'm used to going out there and being kind of intense and doing all the moves and all that kind of stuff and get my character over. But I thought it was like really important to kind of let JJ sing and, and shine in this match as well, but not to do too much. I never want to go in there with a trainee and overwhelm them with so much stuff. Like we did do quite a lot of stuff, but it was all sort of, um, I tried to do it in, in pieces. So it was almost kind of formed around three separate entities. There was like the start, and I, I have to admit, like when I came out, you know, I come out as the as the pro, I do my shtick, and then JJ's music comes on, and he just sort of storms out of the um, out the entranceway, does a lap around the ring, gets immediately in, in in the ring, and I'm thinking he looks he looks a bit nervous. He looks like he's not quite sort of you know you want to go out there and sort of bask in the glory of the crowd. You want to go out there and make connections with him. You want to high five them. You want to have that moment. That is your moment. You are making an entrance. So there's there's you know there's no shame in taking a little bit just to kind of establish yourself because that's what I used to do when I was young. I used to have that weird thing of like okay it's my entrance but I want to get in the ring as quick as possible because I don't know what to do when I'm when I'm making my entrance whereas now I, I burst out there and I'll take a second I'll look around then I'll do my laps then I'll get in the ring then I'll do my shtick. Um I think that JJ just kind of needs to work on that a little bit and and just get more confident because we were talking like before about Robbie. Robbie's got that down 
down to a T. He knows how to go out there and, and show out and, you know, it, bask in the glory of the crowd and get them going. Whereas JJ kind of stormed out there, did a little slap and got in the ring. And I was quite surprised at how quickly he did it. Uh, it took him a little while to get into the match. But I think having that comedic element and him getting over that he is normally the referee and this is a a, a weird thing for him to be a, a wrestler. He's used to, you know, people going to the corner. He's used to counting to five to get to people to break up. So I think that kind of loosened him up a little bit. And then as soon as we got out of that little bit and I hit the ropes, he comes back, gives me with a big old chop and he starts selling out. That's when I think like he started to settle down a little bit. Like there was a few moments where it was a little bit kind of rushed and a little bit like uh, sort of, over exuberant but that's any trainee would do that you know even I do that at some point you you just kind of get excited and you want to go to the next thing without just taking a breath and just uh, sort of going to the next part slowly so you know I thought he did really really well um maybe sort of the entrance and showing out needs to be worked on but yeah I think I think he did really well and I was really happy with the match and you know we, we had to do a lot of things we had to get him over as a wrestler but not forgetting that he's a referee we also had to kind of fit, factor in the whole interference thing and not making him look dumb I didn't want him to be heelish because then he would have to referee later on and I think that kind of take away from his credibility so we had to keep both of us baby faces both of us up I didn't want to dick on him too much but I didn't want him to sort of be the pro that got bumped around by the trainee so it was a, it was a balancing act and I I hope we 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 did good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, so. I, I you know it, it sounded like you did, and you know you can always tell ninety percent you know for about a match from from the crowd reaction, and they seem to enjoy it. And the fact is, like you know, you were saying that JJ did well, and the fact that 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 Robbie did well, and uh, you know Sean, Sean did well too. We you know he did really well. But the the guys who who especially especially in um, you know, in, in Robbie's case, you know, the guys who have been MCs and who have been refs and stuff probably do feel a little bit more comfortable out there in terms of just being in front of people because they've done it quite a lot, even if it's been in other roles. The fact is they're not that upset about being in front of people or not upset, but you know what I mean? Not that worried about being in front of people. So fucking, you know, any trainee out there, if anyone ever asks you to do a bit of refing, do a bit of MC and anything like that, get stuck in and do it. Because even if, you know, it, you, you, no one's expecting you to be the best at it the first time you ever try. Um, but the more you do, you know, especially if, especially as a, as a, as an MC, you're going to get so used to being on that mic and showing out and, and getting the crowd whipped up into a frenzy. And as a referee, you're going to get so used to get, making sure you're in the right position and making sure that you're fucking, that you're authoritative and you and you've got those facials down and you know that you 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 fucking know know where you are at all times and also you can hear the the wrestlers the pros that that you're in with if you're, especially if you're lucky to uh, uh, referee some matches with some really good pros and you can hear when they're calling stuff and how they put matches together in the ring and you know get out of trouble and get out of shit and if something balls is up you know you can see how it works and you can figure it out. So when it comes time for you to wrestle in your match, you're sort of already halfway there because you, you, you've been in the ring and, and seen it or been in the ring and tried to G people up. So, you know, you, you, you've got a lot of experience as a wrestler 
through osmosis by being a ref or or an MC. So you know, never ever ever turn the opportunity down if someone asks you. You know, because it's it's it. It does help. It does help usually. I wholeheartedly agree. Then we had the interval. Match number four was Furio versus Joey Garcia. Now, I guess technically, I'm not sure if Joey Garcia uh, counts as a trainee, so maybe this was just a pro versus pro match. But um, again, we were getting ready for the main event, so I didn't get to see this match. Did you, Jim? Uh, I didn't, but um, from what Rob told me and uh, the crowd reaction, it it uh, it, it went well. So. Um, you know, it was a uh, it was a good match. I can't I can't see those two guys, um, you know, having having a particularly bad match or, or whatever. And I think that it was in a in a nice position for him as well. So so yeah, I think I think um, you know I think uh, Furio needed Joey to be that little bit more vocal because obviously Furio is more of a silent character. So he, he really tried to push it backstage, you know, for for Joey to 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 you know, come out of his shell a little bit more and be a little bit, be a little bit bigger, be a little bit more vocal. And, you know, especially with, you know, with beat downs and bits and bobs and stuff like that, or, or whatever they were doing, you know, um, he needed that, he needed that vocal aspect from Joey. And I think he, uh, he got a little bit more out of him. So, so that was, uh, that, that, that was positive. And um, from, Again, from what I heard, good, good shit, you know. Awesome. Match number five was pro Jack Landers versus trainee Alex Miller. Again, didn't see this match, but I did hear at one point, I believe Jack was getting booed. So I guess the crowd are, are really warming towards Alex. I don't know what Jack did, uh, did to wind the crowd up or whether he's uh, sort of slightly leaning as the pro, but they got through it and Jack seemed really happy with the match and Alex was, was beaming when he came back and uh, the, the crowd seemed to really like the match as well. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things, man. It's just a natural thing to boo, um, you know, to, sorry, to cheer the underdog. And Alex looks just looks just looks like a really nice normal guy, like that you would see working for as an accountant. Do you know what I mean? And then <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's in the fucking wrestling ring against Jack Hammer, you know, one one of the most accomplished wrestlers in 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 falling star wrestling, and also you know getting around around and about the country and and having these fucking you know rape review matches. Um, and yeah, you got, you got little Alex in there and it's like, what the fuck? And then he actually puts on a match where, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Jack gave him some stuff and gave him some good stuff to do and made him look great. Um, and when someone like that does shit like that, it just like makes a crowd think, fuck, do you know what I mean? You know, this guy might stand a chance. And when that happens, I just, I really don't think the crowd can help, but get behind, the underdog, no matter how much they like the 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 other the other guy, you know, um, you know, Jack Hammers, uh, sorry, Jack Jack Landers is, um, uh, you know, probably one of the best wrestlers, not just in falling star wrestling, but in the country. And uh, you know, when he's up against uh, when he's up against Alex, um, you know. Like like I said at the start, the crowd, you know, these guys are going to need some encouragement and need some cheering, you know, and maybe that maybe that swayed and skewed people's views a little bit, but um, but but in in general, you know, Alex doesn't seem like he's got a chance, and they go out there and have a fucking really nice little competitive twelve minute match, 
and uh, you know Jack obviously goes over, but you know I think he 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 put Alex over at the end as well. You know, raised his hand and just a really good competitive match, which I think they thought was going to be you know Jack fucking squashing him all the way, but didn't happen. Alex buffed the fight, and that's and that's what the crowd likes to see. Simple, simple story, simple fucking underdog story, man. Yeah, and I think that's the theme throughout the whole entire show, isn't it? Keeping it simple, but, you know, telling a really, really good story. And that's when we went into match number six. We'd been planning it throughout the entire event. We have the big tag team match at the end. So we made the challenge, the disaster artist versus Bobby Adams and Crowley. But when they came out, they had an extra trainee in tow. They had Reggie Leonard. So when we came out, we were like, bro, what are you doing? Like, I thought this was meant to be a two-on-two match. You've you've got a third person out there, and obviously Rashwood's on the stick, giving it everything. He's saying, "Oh, can't you handle having a you know a trainee? You're meant to be the you know the mentor and the the the, the leader of Falling Star Wrestling." So you know, you turn around. I, I guess I'll let you explain this part. You cut a promo and you introduce our sort of secret third tag team partner into the match. Um, so we've been training someone for quite some time now called uh, Connor. He's got cerebral palsy. Uh, which means he has a lot of difficulty with um, with with mobility in his legs, um, and uh, obviously he's, he's you know he's not given up. He's trained really hard um, and worked really hard at the Fall is uh, wrestling sort of uh, you know, training school, um, and uh, you know has been. I found it extremely difficult to find a spot. Um, to put him in, um, you know, on the shows. And, you know, that's just sometimes the way it is. It's not me being cruel. It's not me being an arsehole. And it's just, you know, it, it's it's not his fault. It doesn't matter how hard he trains. It doesn't matter. Um, and it, it doesn't, sometimes it just it just doesn't matter, matter the, the opponent um, to introduce someone like Connor into the ring um, in the right way, you have to wait for the opportune moment. And the opportune moment was that night. Um, Connor was sat in the crowd um, with his with his with his family or friends. Um, I uh, I both and yeah, but also after you know uh, uh, after um, Rashwood introduced uh, the uh, the other fullness Cyrus in trainee Reggie Leonard, who has been training with us for a little while. Um, and he said, you, you know, can't you guys take on, you know, uh, can't you guys take on the, uh, you know, three, two on, you know, two on three, you guys, of course, are the disaster eyes. You're meant to be the shining beacon of the fallen star wrestling. So surely one extra trainee won't bother you. So, you know, a three on two match won't be a problem, will it? Um, either, yeah, I grabbed hold of the stick and I said, well, there is another trainee that we've forgotten about. Um, and he's in the crowd now, Connor, and then the crowd popped. I said, are you ready for your first match? And, you know, he's, he, he said, yeah. I said, right, get up on the, uh, come with us over here, get up on the apron, you got yourself a match. And the crowd just went fucking wild. The crowd went crazy. From then, we had them. Do you know what I mean? What? Whatever the deal was, we 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 had them. Um, we you know from from that moment, and we especially had them when before the match, um, we we got the referee and the MC to uh, get rid of uh, Rashwood and his valet, 
from the out of the uh, from get get them out away from ringside from the match because obviously they've been cheating the whole night and fucking around and you know trying Rashford trying to put his Rashford plan into effect. So getting rid of them really helped well, as well. Sorry to interrupt you, Jeb, but that was that was a thing that I wanted to pay off from the very beginning because in my match, you know, I was going to go for the same thing, go for the same move, and then Rashwood starts to stand up and do his chatting thing again, and then Brody was going to come up and give me the low blow, and then this time, obviously being the the smart babyface, knowing what's going on, I actually block her her attempt to give me a low blow. And that's when Rashwood comes in. I, I hinch him up for the for the Death Valley driver or whatever. He he manages to get away. And at that point, obviously, the referee's seeing all the kind of chaos going on and he wants a good, clean match. And that's when he, he ejects them from ringside. And I thought, like, it was it was a nice thing to kind of play off of that thing because they managed to get me earlier and it's sort of planting those seeds and that little storyline going along because we could have easily have just done anything else. But I wanted to sort of, like, you know, call back to something that we did earlier in, in a sort of semi-intelligent way. I don't yeah, know if it paid no, off. But no, I it did. It all linked into the storyline beautifully and, and getting them ejected, um, you know, early on in the, early on in the match was, uh, was, was a superb idea because then it was just three on three. And obviously you knew there was going to be cheating and skullduggery, but you knew it wasn't, they knew it wasn't, five, the crowd knew it wasn't five on three. So, you know, we stood a chance um, you know, they Connor was there. It was a real feel-good moment for Connor to be in the ring. The crowd were going ballistic for Connor. We as obviously, you know, professionals and and you know, baby faces, you know, signposted a lot of the cheers and the chants and stuff towards Connor at the start before we before we really got going. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I mean, to be honest with you, I can't remember a great deal of the match. I remember I started off. I did a few. Oh, I did. I, 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 oh yeah. No, I remember the spot. I started off with Bobby. Um, I, uh, Bobby waxed me in a headlock. I sent him off. I sent him off. Gave him a big old hip toss, which he took like an absolute beauty. Um, sent him over into the corner. Uh, whipped him in. Um, he went for an up and over. I didn't. I spotted the fact that he was going to go for an up and over, so I just stayed where I was. He was way, he was obviously, you know, he landed, turned around, saw I was in front of him. I gave him a big atomic drop. Um, and then I gave him a rock bottom. Um, for some reason, I haven't done a rock bottom before. <laughs> I gave him a rock bottom. I don't know how it looked. I think it looked all right. Um, I think it looked great. <laughs> and then um, I think I probably G'd up for a cutter and, uh, or did something else or wound, wound his arm up, tagged you in. And uh, yeah, and then, then he, uh, he, he ran away. But um, yeah, well, what do we do again? So yeah, obviously you did. Yeah, I think you did a little bit, and then we got Connor involved, didn't we? Where did we go from there? Yeah, Bobby Adams tagged out. Uh, he tagged in Reggie Leonard. I was in the ring. We did a, a very small spot. Again, it was a, sort of a lockup headlock. He sends me off. I give him a check. He stands tall. I give him a check. He stands tall. He gives me a check. I bounce off the ropes and give him a big check. And then at that point, he scuttles over, gives Crowley the tag. Crowley charges at me. I give him a drop toe hold. I sit on his back and at that point we're like yes yes we tag in Connor um, I pick up Connor 
Um, I get him in sort of the side suplex position. Crowley runs at me, so I use Connor as a kind of battering ram. He gives him like a drop kick. Crowley does an awesome bump, feeds around, takes another one, bang. Crowley goes to the corner. I tag you in. We both grab Connor, get him in a, in a battering ram position. We uh, we sort of thrust him into the corner, into, into Crowley. He's in like a shoulder tackle kind of spear thing. We do that a few times. And then uh, me and you do our little tag team thing where you put your knee down and I bulldog Crowley onto the um onto the knee and that's that that's at the point where um you know I'm geeing up for a for a finish or something like that and that's when uh, Rashwood and, and Brody get involved they get ejected and then after they've been ejected everyone's obviously looking towards the curtain I turn around into a big deep six bam right on my back and that's when the heat started so the uh, the team of Adams Crowley and Leonard start working on me until we get to sort of the the ending part of the match with a with a big hot tag from Jimmy yeah again can't remember what I did, but I did a few, I did my normal shit. I think just you know lines, uh, uh, suplexes, all the normal stuff. Um, and um, uh, I preach. Sure, I, I I honestly I can't remember the ending. Can you remember the finish? Can you remember the ending? I remember I remember the the, the pin and the I remember uh, cut, uh, giving Dave the uh, the the Davey the cutter. Then you gave him the chest breaker, and then we got we tagged Connor in. And obviously threw Connor up in the air like a big splash, and he got the all three of us dived on top of Crowley, and we got the big, huge, like you know, rousing pop of the night. But I, I can't remember how we got into that spot. I really can't. Can you? I think that was about it. Yeah, I think um, I think Bobby took one of our moves at the. I don't oh, know if yeah, he took he did. the, uh, he, the the burial he or did whatever. Take the burial, yeah, yeah, he took the burial. Yeah, the the codebreaker German. Then in comes Crowley. Uh, he, uh, we both duck. I hit him with a code breaker. He pops up. You hit him with a cutter. Bam! He's down on the floor. We tag in Connor. We lift him up. We give him the big splash. All three of us pin Crowley. One, two, three. The crowd erupts. Everybody goes home really, really happy. We celebrate in the ring. We get some pictures. We hoist uh, Connor on our shoulders. We we traipse around the ring, and you know, it was just a, it was just an awesome moment. And you know, everybody was smiling after that moment. And and again, I think we we accomplished a lot of things in that match like we got over sort of the the annoying rashwood kind of conglomerate there we got bobby adams involved in the event we we know that he's now a nuisance we've you know we've established a few of the trainees like uh like robbie like sean stone like jj like reggie uh we got connor involved in the match and that was a really big moment as well so um good stories throughout a good weaving tale that we told with you know we had minimal sort of superstars there we had sort of half trainees half pros and some of us had to do double duties but i think uh after it was all said and done at that westland show it was it was a cracking show in my opinion well that that three i, I said and i said earlier like that three on three tag was probably one of the best matches i've ever had and not because of the the, the quality of the moves or anything like that but just the story, just the just from the start of the show, um, and everyone doing their bit perfectly, and getting to that match and being able to pull it off well enough so that we got Connor over, um, you know, and there was genuine emotion in the crowd, literally people tearing up in the crowd, um, you know. Uh, I think I even got on the stick at the end and gave him a gave him some praise and stuff like that and tried to really G up how how hard this fucking is 
not just for for, for everyone, but it, it's twice as hard for this guy. Do you know what I mean? You know, and he's here with us as, you know, fucking professional wrestler living his dream. If he can do it, anyone can do it. And it's sort of like a fucking Walt Disney moment that we're all trying to, that we're all trying to create, but it, it happened organically. I was genuinely pleased for him. I was genuinely happy for him. I was genuinely happy for all the trainees that night. I was genuinely happy about the match. I was genuinely happy about the story arc. I was genuinely happy about, yeah, how it, how it got people over in their individual stories as their individual characters and how we can progress from that and what's, what's coming up with the, king of the ring and all that sort of shit you know like they, there's there, there was just so much like you said accomplished on that night um but but it would have only have been possible if everyone would have done their bit you know if you that, that was what i was saying to 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 sean sean stone at the you know backstage you know i was saying look we it it might not seem it now but that that the, a lot of the matches tonight are parts of a puzzle. Do you know what I mean? And you know the 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 they're not they're not they don't need to be amazing matches. They don't need to be fantastic five star fucking superb like you know balls to the wall like you know Dave Meltzer classics. What they need to be is a part of a story, so that by the end of this show we're in the position that we need to be in um to to really blow the roof off a place and that's what we did and and what my favorite shows are always shows with genuine emotion and like i said if you watch that match back on on a phone it probably wouldn't the, the three on three tag i mean if you watch that match back on a phone it wouldn't have the same impact as if you were there on the night feeling that emotion and feeling you know the 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 how happy everyone was um, you know, uh, not just for, you know, not, 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 not just for the, the, the themselves, but for everyone else, we all, but, you know, everyone achieved something that night and, um, you know, and we all achieved it together and we all, you know, it's, it's, and with Connor, you know, we, 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 we achieved his dream of being in that ring and, um, you know, Probably he probably got told by many people that oh yeah fuck you're going to be a wrestler do you know what I mean and he's in there and he's wrestling do you know what I mean and people are cheering for him and going ballistic you know it it's it's that's what like that that that's a real achievement in life in anyone's life to dream of doing something that you're not physically able to do but saying fuck it and trying it anyway getting in with the right crew of people who can help you. And eventually after waiting your turn and waiting your turn and waiting your turn, getting the opportunity to, to get in the ring again, under the right circumstances with the right people and the right story and the right time and the right place and achieving that dream. That's what, you know, wrestling is about to me and you know the coaching side of it is so rewarding about it for me because you know what what can top that what can top that for him and what can top that for any of the other guys who'd had who've, who've had that same dream their whole life that night do you know what i mean what can top that because everyone did their job perfectly 
and you know and and that's 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 what it's about it's not about taking you you know it's about not getting hurt of course um but you're not going to have the 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 you know you're not going to take all your bumps perfectly and your moves aren't going to look great and your postings aren't going to be bang on form on your first match and your timing isn't going to be superb but if that story is good and that overarching story works and um you know it gives it the 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 emotion pours out the crowd like it did at the end of the uh, the, the end of the pros versus training show uh training show uh, i don't really don't, I, I don't see do you, i mean fuck do you do you i don't know how it could have gone much better i really don't i don't know how it could have gone much better i can't think of any reason that it would have gone better you know uh we we did accomplish a lot you you've you've been over it but like one of the things i think really got accomplished as well was the the amount of heat that that rash would manage to gain in that one show itself because him and his crew were so prevalent throughout that I think people were just like chomping at the bit for them to just get knocked out and for them to just lose. And when, you know, we listed Connor up and, you know, Crowley took the pin. So Bobby didn't have to kind of go through that. And Rashwood got ejected earlier. He never got hurt. So we're still leaving little breadcrumbs out there for, you know, Rashwood and Adams to get their comeuppance. And though we talked about it earlier with the Watlington show, they did get beaten in that one. But now they've got all of their heat back and then some. They're adding people to their crew and they're slowly becoming this sort of faction within falling star wrestling which i'm sure you know rashwood wanted for it to be when we were talking about it all those months ago you said that he approached you and said like i've got this idea i want to do a faction i want to do this heel team and i want this person this person and i want to build it up like i was very skeptical and i thought yeah you might kind of form a tag team and then sort of fade into obscurity and that's 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 on me because i never thought that they'd be able to you know put this little team together and take the ball and run with it and i think rashwood is just doing fantastic work at the moment like he is getting genuine heat within the falling star wrestling crowd but then on the flip side like all the baby faces are coming out looking really really good and it's it was just it was just great like i can't really say much else about it like the the trainees got a good opportunity the pros got to do what they do best some people got like massive heat some people got the the biggest pop and cheer of their lives and some people got to live their dream within a falling star wrestling ring like how how can you say that the show could go any better no you can't and you know it's for yeah um, again and put, putting it together but like again when you're putting pen to paper and booking it and trying to work out how these bits and bobs are going to go, you know, and, and how they're all going to fit together and you look at it and sometimes you just think to yourself, this is either going to go really, really well or really, really bad. And uh, I'm putting my faith in fucking everyone here to make it go really, really well. And no one ever lets me down. You know, every time I've ever done that, no, no one has ever let me down. Um, you know, when when I've when I've gone over and fucking and and you know, when 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 the show's been finished, it's always been done to the best of everyone's ability. And that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a a sort of a, a a prime example of that, really, just a prime example of the of of having me having a story in my mind everyone else sort of filling in the blanks and um you know and and the, the whole thing coming together as as just a super feel good moment but like you said with you know with rashwood not being touched 
um, breadcrumbs being left for other shows and for us or all the pit bulls to do some stuff with them and for us to carry on doing stuff with you know the NLP because you know the NLP can be extremely pissed off that Crowley got pinned by the three of us or you know there's there's a million and one ways you can go um, you know and this uh, this King of the Ring show that's coming up um, over the course of the weekend um, we uh, I'm going to I'm going to tell you guys now that um, that myself and um, and and uh, uh, and well well the disaster artists uh, are a tag team. We won't be in the King of the Ring. Um, we'll be facing another uh, tag teams on both nights. Um, but the um, the uh, the rest of the the rest for, for the King of the Ring is 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 open. It's just time for tag teams. So there will be tag team matches on the shows. Um, we're just uh, it's just uh, unfortunately we're we're not going to be in the King of the Ring. I decided to take the tag teams out of it because. What's the point of one person in a tag team being a king of the ring? It doesn't make sense. It I thought to- for a minute you said we were going to be drawn against each other in the first round. I was going to say, no! No, <laughs> no, no. no. They, again, and again, that's a problem. So, you know, it's just something that you don't you don't want to ha- happen. So, But the, cra- the, 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 the interesting thing, and it's something that I put on Facebook as well, is that the crowd are going to decide, well, they're not going to decide, they're going to pick out of a hat um the uh the entrance so um so when the crowd uh turn up on the uh on the on the uh wesleyan show um we'll obviously in, you know we'll introduce the show as per normal and um we'll pick eight names out of a hat and they'll be the guys in the king of the ring and uh yeah we'll uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll get going from there so it's the crowd who's going to draw the draw the competitors, and um, and see it through for, till the Sunday, and uh, and and see what happens. So, who knows? Who knows? I, I, I thought. Do you know what? I thought I could sit there and you know and design this King of the Ring and see what you know and 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 go from there and see what happens and see who gets through and work you know work out uh exciting little things to 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 go through but then i thought you know what fuck it falling star wrestling um is a is as much a part of the not as much as we are a wrestling show we're 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 part of the community we've got a huge community ethos so as fans and as part of the falling star wrestling family um you the king of the ring that you're going to see is the king of the ring that you're going to pick so uh, so you guys will pick the contenders for the King of the Ring. So on the first night, there'll be eight contenders. So there'll be uh, four matches plus a, plus a tag and maybe another match, depending on, on, on who else is around. And uh, then, yeah, then on the second night in Docking, we'll go through the semifinals and the final. So there'll be uh, three, three King of the Ring matches um that that particular that particular night plus uh you know uh other matches we we need to build up to to six matches but it should be exciting right it gives the crowd i mean how, how fucking exciting is that if you're in the wwe or in the sat in the crowd there and, and someone come up to you and went yeah just pick a name out of a hat so you can see who's going to be in the king of the ring that'd be awesome you wouldn't know who the fuck was going to be in it so it just gives you that element of surprise and um yeah and uh it, and that just total spontaneity which 
Um, wrestling is missing, you know. If you think wrestling's fixed, then come to a Fallen Star Wrestling show, and you can pick, you can pick the uh, com, com, uh, competitors, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes from there. And uh, so, whoever is the king of the ring will be picked from someone's uh, fair hand out of the crowd. And uh, the reason that they're going to be stood there, well, not you know, not the only reason, uh, but, you know, one of the main reasons that they're going to be stood there with their crown and scepter in their hand and their cape and whatnot is because uh, someone's picked their name out of the crowd and, uh, and given the opportunity to be involved in a tournament. So it saves me having to pick. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Jim. See you on Saturday. Can't wait. Oh, it'll be awesome, brother. Yeah, And all you guys out there, all you Fallen Star Wrestling fans, if you haven't a hear this podcast before you uh, if, before the show please tell all your friends and family um, there is the, both shows are eight pound um, there is a discount um, if you're going to go to both shows it's of 12 pound for both shows so that clears off uh, clears off a few quid for you uh, plus uh, the Sunday show please remember as it's the Sunday and kids have got to go to school the next day and whatnot. We are starting the show a little bit earlier, so doors will open at the Ripper Hall on Sunday at 3 p.m., and the show will commence uh, from 4 p.m. Um, Saturday is normal wrestling time, door 6.30, show 7.30, but the Sunday, please remember that early start time. I don't want you turning up at 7.30 expecting a show and us being packing away, so... Yeah, just make sure that uh, there that you turn up for three. And like I said, remember if you come to both shows, it's twelve pounds rather than sixteen pounds. So, yeah, you get a few quid knocked off there, and uh, you get two great, two great Fallen Star Wrestling shows and a weekend jam-packed full of wrestling. And I can't see what could be better than that. And that was the episode, and boy, are we happy to be back chatting about wrestling once again. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate all the love and support that Falling Star Wrestling is getting both in and out of the ring. It's you, the fans, that keep us going. If you have yet to subscribe to the Falling Star Wrestling podcast, make sure you do so. We are available on Spotify, Anchor, and also Apple and Google Podcasts. You can get more Falling Star Wrestling images, videos, and updates over on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Find us at Falling Star Wrestling. You can find me there too. I'm at PVC Pro Wrestler. And you can contact Jimmy on Facebook at Jimmy Star Wrestler. Please make sure you join us for the King of the Ring Wrestling Weekender. If you can't, well, we'll see you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See you later. me and that's what get stuff can provide you i'm gonna start with that's what get stuff can provide me hang on i need a second oh fuck